Yes, indeed. Back at it again on this Thursday afternoon. Welcome into Gwen and Chris, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Aztecs took care of business last night. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, a new may uh, buyer uh, may have jumped into the Josh Hader sweepstakes. According to John uh, Morosi, uh, Alex Manoa could be a possible trade target for the Padres. We'll get to all of that. Spiro Ditas will join us play-by-play. Play. He's done a couple Aztecs games. He did some NFL. We'll catch up with him as well. We got uh, our NFL playoff spectacular. Chris's NFL playoffs spectacular. Daily Gambit, a 30-mile zone. We got a loaded show for you guys today. But first, I, I want to start with something like yesterday we played a clip of Ian Eagle. And uh, oh, we fell for the banana in the tailpipe, Tony. Fell for the banana in the tailpipe. We played yeah. a clip last night uh, of um, of Iron Eagle and Chris. Forgive me. Was uh, uh, Mike, Mike Fratello? Mike Fratello, right? Uh, kind of, you know, going back and forth. It was really Iron Eagle giving Mike Fratello the business um, on a comment that he felt like was out of pocket. Now we thought that that had happened over the weekend. Um, apparently that's not the case. As we found out last night or shortly thereafter the show, that was a clip from 12 years ago. Yeah. Chris. And we, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, I mean, interesting. And we posted it on Twitter. Ein Eagle just ripped into his color analyst partner, Mike Fratello and said, you embarrassed me on the air. Yeah. And what you said made me seem like I didn't understand basketball and I take exception, and Mike Fratello is like, "Whoa, whoa, wait! You're being a little, you're being sensitive, a, a little sensitive." And Ian Eagle said, "I am not being sensitive. This was no, uncalled for. Was, I am not." I mean, like he that. was really upset, yeah. and so we played this clip and said, "I can't believe that you know a professional network broadcaster like Ian Eagle would openly rip his partner on the air." And then we come to find out. That we fell for the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah, Somebody posted this on Twitter. It went viral all over the place, and it turned out that the clip was from 12 years ago. Yeah. And Ian Eagle said that he and Mike Fratello had planned the whole thing. Yeah. All the way along. Yeah, 12 that, years ago. Not only was it 12 years old, it was also staged when it was. Actually it was completely staged, and so, they hugged and made up at the end. Which was not included, of course, in the tweet that was released to everybody yesterday. Couple of thoughts on this. Yes. First, this is a good lesson, right? You know, always check the video. Chris and I, or really Chris, only heard the sound. Right. I did uh, not look he, at the tweet he, he, he itself. Didn't, he didn't see the tweet. I clearly was not paying attention because in the clip, uh, first of all, it's the New Jersey Nets. They haven't been the New Jersey Nets for about twelve years. For about twelve years, right? So, so it, 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 that's right. The the exchange <laughs> took place during an actual broadcast. Right. But if we had looked closely, we would have seen that the New Jersey Nets were playing, not the Brooklyn Nets. So, and uh, you know, secondly, this all went clearly. We weren't the only ones fooled. There were a lot of people that felt like. And as a matter of fact, uh, I think the story goes: Ian Eagle saw that he was trending. Yes. Called into a, a radio station. Evan and uh, Tiki on WFN. And uh, basically had to explain himself. Yes, he did. Uh, on a video. Extricate himself <laughs> from the situation. So clearly, you know, a lot of us were fooled by it. But 
it also leads me thinking, it, it gets me thinking like, man, how scary is that, that something like that could be old. And, you know, what if it was something more serious and it, 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 things kind of took off the way they did? Right. Um, yes. I, I mean, mean, if you're dredging up something from, you know, I don't know, your college career and presenting it as if it just happened, that could make a lot of people look really bad. Yeah. And, it, and, and that's and what it, happened and in here. And in, the, in the day of information and, and fast information... You can see how it could get uh it can get kind of bundled up a little bit and yeah. lost in translation. But. Yeah. Well, I you know I I don't I it's so easy to blame Scraby for this one because he was the one who put it in the Big Five as if it was a factual story. But I'm well I'm going to still blame him a little bit. I'm going to blame you guys. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna take some of the blame yeah. because it was my bad to not at least look over your shoulder and check the video. He keeps saying he didn't think, watch this video, but he could. I remember him. I don't looking think he watched the video. No, I didn't. Video. I did because we were trying to video. figure out who the other voice was. Remember? And he was no. Like, he looked at the picture, the same picture that I thought. I don't believe it. For yeah. One no. I, I. I. Chris was, did not. I looked at it. Clearly wasn't paying enough attention. Okay, then it's so. your fault. <laughs> well, <laughs> I you look. That. I mean, I everything everything falls back in the lap of the producer who uh, who decides that that's part of an important fact based segment See, also called true. the Big Five. Also true. Yvette, uh on the chat on YouTube. If you want to watch this, go to YouTube and search ninety seven three The Fan. But she is saying uh, that it's a PR stunt now. I normally would think that, but there's zero there's, chance that Ian Eagle needs a PR no, stunt. He doesn't need it at all. He's already a, no. it, this yeah. is, in the same way. And listen, I know these things happen because in the same way, the vir, the video of mine's with me putting my glove on my my rear end. Yes, yes, pops up like it's new every so it often. Does, it does and you know that's that's kind of how the, these things go. And uh, yeah, the whole uh, what do you call it? The uh, what does Twitter use to? Algorithm. The algorithm. This is how some of those things. This work. was but, not a PR stunt. There's no. there's one thing out there right now though that is being called a PR stunt. What's that? Uh, Colin Coward has come out and ripped into, and I can't remember who he ripped into. Now I, I, I'm sorry, this is escaping me. But he he went on his show and he was critical of something that was out there. And it, oh, I know what it was. Okay. Came to you. Boom. Yeah, so thank you. Thank, <laughs> thankfully, it came to me. He ripped into Aaron Rodgers and called Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he said he had a very low IQ and he doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, Bro-bro. Colin Coward was really hardcore on Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of people are, are, are now saying that he only did that, hoping that Aaron Rodgers will bring up Colin Coward's name the next time he's on with Pat McAfee, ah. which will give Colin Coward some cred. Because really, Colin Coward's comments, well, here we are. We're talking about it right now. <laughs> you so fell for it, Chris. I fell for I fell for the banana in the tailpipe again, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't see that. I, yeah. I definitely think that's that's a possibility. You think that's a stunt He's, by him? Well, is it a stunt just, or is it more him trying to, you know? I think it's a stunt. Okay. I, I, I don't know Colin Cowherd, but I've listened to his show before, and I've talked to some people who have worked on the show in the past, and a lot of it is scripted. And so, like, a lot of his takes this seems are little, not necessarily I mean, all I know, of his takes. I know there are guys that he tends to, like, I know he had an issue with Russell Westbrook and, and for a while. Baker Mayfield. And, oh, Baker Mayfield. Oh, that's right. He went under the show, though. I okay. think the entire Miami thing. Dolphins fan base he had a big yeah. thing with a couple of weeks ago. Because he was, right? oh, yes, he was tremendously critical of them. And, 
you know, how poorly they played in that Baltimore game, et cetera, and Tua can't do this, can't do that. And Miami fans hated him for a couple of weeks. Whatever. So he he's, likes to push people's buttons. <laughs> he's doing he's doing his job. Then. He's doing he gets, his thing. If he has people hating it. And listen, if you're going up against Pat McAfee, he's, he seems to be a juggernaut. So I, I would understand there being some type of uh, Trying ga- to infringe gamesmanship on that. There's something here. about him trying to get his name on Pat McAfee that tells me he's scurred. And he's, he's he, scared. Huh? I don't know why I said scared. I don't but know he's, why he's, <laughs> What did you mean to say? <laughs> scared. Oh, thank you. He's scared. Okay. Because there's no reason for him to ever mention any other radio show in the world unless he wants promotion. Well, I don't know that he mentioned the Pat McAfee show. He just, in his comments, were so critical of Aaron Rodgers. Knowing Aaron Rodgers, one would think that Aaron Rodgers will fire back the next time he is on the air. Yeah, he, uh, so yeah, I think that's what people are saying that Colin Coward is hoping to do. But the, when does it come to a point where we get clicks or you're trying to get views or you're trying to get interest but you're so far off in your in your comment that you lose so much credibility, it's not worth it. And I'll give you an example. It happened today, and you guys showed it to me just a little bit ago. MLB Network put out a list today. <laughs> Man, of this its, list has been a controversial well, thing I'm today. sorry. It's so bad. They put out a list today of the top 10 second basemen in baseball right now. Now, Mookie Betts was at the top of this list. Because he's going to be a second baseman for the Dodgers this year, and uh, that is understandable. But the entire 10 player list not only did not include Hassan Kim of the Padres, which you might be able to argue because Hassan Kim is more of a utility guy, plays short, second, right. plays a little bit. utility go glove. But you cannot argue the omission of Ozzy Albies from the top 10 list of all second basemen isn't just utter stupidity. So in my mind, MLB Network has us talking about them right now, and maybe you will want to look up the list, but in my mind, it costs them so much credibility that it's not worth it. I I feel like we had a similar discussion last year about a different position, and they basically have gone back to the recipe. And here we are. Again, I know talking about it now, but they lose all my credibility. So even though they're getting a, here's they're the, getting a, a click. Here's where the, it, the click is showing how how off base they are. Here's where MLB wins. MLB net. So they wins. you say they win anyway. I say they win anyway. Okay. Here's why: they can put out a list like that and have us discussing it and talking about it. Right. But then when we flip on the TV, there are dudes that are talking about the game in these that you respect and know know the game and quite frankly when they put those lists up there if they put that particular list up there you'll hear some pushback from the guys on the network right so therefore ultimately they could put a list out there get us talking about it and then regain that credibility when you turn the tv on yeah, well, they've lost my credibility. Zach Geloff. Does anybody even know who Zach Geloff is? Yeah, he helped me win a fantasy baseball championship. He did Shut not. Up. He did not. You're I right. I have no idea you. who that guy is. He plays for the A's. Edward Julien, I believe, plays for the Twins. Uh, these are, you know, major league second basemen, and that's all they are when you compare them to Ozzie Albies. I'm just saying.
And even when yeah, you no, compare them to Hassan Kim. Ozzy Alves should have been on the list. They're, they, they're, you really can't even – you can't come up with a reason why. At least, I don't like see you, it. Like yeah. you said, you could come up with Hassan because he, he plays a little bit all, at other positions. Right. But not for Ozzy Alves. That's incredibly – That is a, That's a, just, an, a, just an embarrassing omission. Yeah. So I, I agree. But you're right, Tony. They're going to get the people talking about him. But I – I'm I, well, people might argue this. I try not to say things just to get people talking about how dumb I am. <laughs> I said I try not to say things that get people talking about me for that reason. We, uh, you know, because of the uh, the, do- the the falling for the banana in the tailpipe, like we did, we kind of had to use that first segment to kind of kind of clear sure, the air, clear the air on that. But yes. we didn't get to talk about the Aztecs and how nice they looked last night. And getting a victory against a, a really good team. We'll talk about it on the other side. More going and Chris on the way. Were the Aztecs really good last night? Or were they a little lucky? Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3, The Fan. Uh, I actually thought the Aztecs were a little lucky last night, Tony Gwynn Jr. Uh, watched this ball game uh, throughout. Aztecs led by 16, still led by 14 at halftime. Nevada came all the way back to tie the game at 58. And then the Aztecs were able to, or 53, I'm sorry, 53, with seven and a half minutes to go. Then the Aztecs did their thing on defense and held Nevada to two buckets the rest of the way. That was good basketball. But where they got a little lucky, Nevada shot seven of 17 free throws last night. They make a couple of free throws. This is a lot tighter ball game. Neither team shot well from three. I hate to say, but I think Alford had a pretty good game plan, which was to strong double-team Jaden Ledee every time he got the ball. Ledee did a pretty good job passing out of that, but in doing so, turned it over five times. And uh, Darian Trammell did not play. I don't think the Aztecs had had the kind of shooting from the outside they would have liked against this kind of defense. San Diego State shot only 24% from three. So I don't know that it was a great performance last night. And I'm one who loves everything that this basketball team does. Did I say great performance? No, oh, okay. you did not. Okay. But I'm just saying my own opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this was their best their best game. Now, they, they answered the call, though, when they had to. And that's the key to it. Because, look, I mean, you blow a 16-point lead, Nevada ties it up. You know, you can start feeling a little pressure down the stretch, but that's when the Aztecs played their best was down the stretch. So yeah, I mean, good on them. You're gonna, um, you're good, you're not gonna play the season and have a perfect game everywhere through. Right. We just saw that last game. I mean, they get, nothing could seem to go their way at the pit, and everything went their way in that first half when they built that 16 point lead. Yeah, uh, it also helped that Nevada went 0 of 10 from in, from three pointer in that first half. Yeah, they didn't make one. They didn't make one, and and they got a little bit hotter in the second half. Yeah, they were but six of 13 in the second half. That's how they got back in it. As you mentioned, when a team is able to, you know, they lose. I don't want to say lose focus, but they're able. They allow that gap to be closed. That's true. Uh, True. I think it speaks to the character of this ball club that they were able to push that game back out and Ladee 
with the double teams. Just yes, he just started to he say, started forget put, it. Yeah. I'm not, he said, I'm not passing out of this anymore. No, I'm no. going to the rim. He was taking it right after chest, and then yeah. he lived at the line. And, and then listen, he got to the free throw line. The, You're right. The Aztecs didn't shoot the ball from the free throw line that great in the second half. Uh, which That's true. The it, Aztecs missed 12 missed, free throws themselves right. in so, the game. So it, was a, you know, it wasn't a perfect performance, but it was solid. They, they, Solid they, enough. They end up getting that 12-point win against a team that only had two losses that I won't be surprised by the end of the year if they're a top-25 team. Yeah, and uh, somebody wrote in suggesting the Aztecs fell three or four spots in the minds of AP <laughs> voters. Uh, my guy last night, my, my pal, Jay Powell. Yeah. It, was, it was obvious. He, he was, did it again, Tony. I mean, eight points, ten rebounds, hit a crucial three down the stretch to help them you know, pad the lead. He's starting to make it imperative for Brian Dutcher to have him out at closing time now in basketball games. Last five minutes, he's got to be in there. He he playing great. He is playing some tremendous basketball, and he's doing it a little bit of everything. He's guarding. He's re, he's all over the boards. Yeah, he'll step out and hit hit that three ball for you too a little bit. He did last he just, night. He does a lot of he does a lot of things that nobody else wants to do. Who did we say that about last year? Uh, a rope. A rope. That's, yeah. And, and they, I didn't think we'd find another a rope for another 10 years. It they, they look looks a, like we've got somebody similar they, to yeah, him. They, they, they differed in stature, but a lot of the, the, the intangibles yeah. show up in the way they he's played here in the last you know few games. I'm uh, I'm thrilled with him. Yeah, and uh, but I think you know, Brian Dutcher will be the first to say they're going to have to play better for 40 minutes if they want to win at Boise State on Saturday. That's going to be a tough game. 10 a.m. start on the road in this conference. Every game is tough, and uh, I think they will play better. But uh, they, the other thing that they did really well last night that we shouldn't overlook. They had 20 offensive rebounds. They were killing them on the glass. That's dominating the glass. And, um, you know, that led to a lot of other opportunities for them. So wasn't my all-time favorite game, but you're right, Tony. You came out of it. You held on. You got that win. And that's all that matters because that one could have gotten away. Nevada's good. They uh, What's the one kid's name that got going? Uh, Blackshear? Blackshear. He, he was play a, a little he, bit. he was he was a problem a little bit. Yeah, finished with fourteen points, but I don't think he had more than two at halftime. No, he got he got it going in the second half. He did. He, he got their team rolling a little bit. Yeah, but they did a good job on the other guard, Lucas. Yeah, shot three of ten, only scored nine points. Uh, so yeah, nice. I mean, fifteen and three, four and one in the conference. Hello, AP voters. Wake up. Wake up. I know you're just getting the result coming into your inbox <laughs> at this hour on the East Coast. But please don't look stupid. All right. Nice job by the Aztecs. UConn won last night. The number one team in the country keeps going. They won over Creighton last evening. The USD basketball team, by the way, had their game. I didn't didn't really get this. Their game, they're supposed to play Portland tonight. And the game yes. got got uh, postponed yeah, until next week. Yeah. 
I'm assuming that has to do with weather in Portland, yes, not in the, here. In the Big Five, I'm going to tell you about the weather and DeAndre Ayton, what happened to him, an NBA player, plays for the Trailblazers. But, yes, the weather was absolutely awful. I saw that. It DeAndre was like snowing Ayton. and ice ice storming. Wait a second. And, Are we sure this happened? No, yes. We're positive this one. All right. The, We're not going to fall big, for This is the Big Five? Yes, this okay. is the team confirming this happened. We're not going to fall for anything on this one. I hope not. This will this will this will be a new one on the list of. Uh, you remember Sammy Sosa had to miss a game <laughs> because he sneezed. Yeah, this yep. is this is going to go on that list right yeah. here. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it'll oh, be, it'll I be can't, can't wait for that. I always love fun little injuries that don't involve me. Yes, like the time that you snapped your thumb ligament <laughs> brushing your teeth. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That happened on the show. Not on the show, but he came in one day and he couldn't use his thumb. He's like, I was shaking out my toothbrush after I brushed my teeth I and I tore my ligament. how hard you had to be shaking your toothbrush? Yeah. Are you, have you learned any shaking toothbrush lessons from that? Yeah, I don't shake out my toothbrush anymore. <laughs> my, my toothbrush just stays wet when I put it back in the cup. Ew. No. Yeah, hey. that was, there was this thumb right here. Or was this finger? I think it was not the thumb. It was the finger they took a... No, it was my thumb. It I can't your, remember. It was your thumb. I had to have surgery. Yeah. You did. Like the only time I've ever had surgery in my life was because of this injury that you're currently making fun of. <laughs> well, it is a pretty funny injury. I've never heard of anyone getting hurt while brushing their teeth. Snapping, <laughs> snap, shaking out their toothbrush. Yeah. It was, uh, that was a new one. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing, going all the way back to it was like four years ago, I didn't know I had even injured it until the next morning. Because it was right before bed, so I just went to bed. And the next morning, I could no longer use my thumb. So had to get that checked out. But you're right, Scraby. That was a pretty ridiculous injury. I have to agree with you on that one. I just know that when you told us how you did it, you didn't I, believe I, me. I don't think Scraby. I don't think anybody believed me. I don't think anybody still first. to this day believes me. <laughs> I actually don't really believe you. I think that something else happened, and that was the craziest story you could come up with that's kind of believable. To try to throw you off. Yes. Off, off the my, scent. Off the scent. Okay. Uh, Spiro Dides, a uh, big-time play-by-play uh, voice of uh, CBS Sports. He did the Aztec-New Mexico game on Saturday for CBS. He also does NFL. So we'll get his thoughts on the San Diego State basketball team. Also, some uh, input from Spiro. He's a great broadcaster. He, he took over for Chick Hearn for the Lakers. And he made it work. Yeah, like that was almost going to be an impossible job. Who's going to Who's going to replace Chick Hearn? It wasn't for Spiro. And Spiro made it happen. Uh, we're looking forward to having him on the show here in about fifteen minutes. Uh, Chris's NFL playoffs spectacular in the three o'clock hour. I don't know that I would promote it that in on that much of a grand scale. Uh, that's how I read it when you texted us this morning. All right, get out. I think there were a couple like confetti emojis in there and some smiley blushy There's faces. A blushy face for sure. Well. There's always a blushy face because that's the only one I know. Uh, we will have some fun news and notes, facts and figures for you on uh, this week's NFL playoff divisional games. We're also, and I'm looking forward to this, in that segment, all three of us separately are going to rank the eight remaining quarterbacks in the NFL playoffs. Put your own list together out there. Keep in mind that the Fortners are the odds-on favorite right now to win the Super Bowl. Where would you rank their quarterback of the eight remaining guys? Birdie. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. We got the Daily Gambit. We got Chris versus the fans, the Big Five, and we've got a 30 mile zone in the five o'clock hour, fast becoming a new favorite segment on this program. Gwen and Chris rolls on. 
Spiro Vitas will join us shortly. I just we just saw something. We just witnessed something pretty crazy on uh, ESPN Plus. Yes, that is the same ESPN Plus that you have to pay extra for. Right. Um, this is the Adam McClug account. <laughs> right. Which that is, I'm surprised is not showing us an Atlanta it, Hawks replay right I, now. I know why. It's because it's the Tony Good Jr. account. Yeah, no Atlanta, oh, we're on no, the TG account. Yeah, huh? no Atlanta Hawks stuff on, on my okay. account. Right. Uh, somebody hit a hit a shot that landed in, in my man's cup. His drink. And a golf would, shot. They, and so we for a long time, mind you, there's no sound. Yeah. Uh, we they, we were trying to figure out why they just had this random guy, old older gentleman with... A cup in his hand looked like a adult beverage. Yeah, yeah, They're still yeah. showing him. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's been why, on screen for like ten on, straight minutes. Why is he on the screen? And then we kind of peek down, and then Scraby goes, "Oh, because somebody hit a ball in his cup." Yeah, it's still there. And the ball's still there. Do we know what kind of shot this was? Was this a, a bunker shot, or no, was this a I, I, fairway? I believe shot? it was a fairway shot because it's a par five, and they're up at the green now. Wow! What? what so it's like a two hundred yard shot that landed in the guy's. Plastic cup. Does yes, he have to stick his hand in that man no, in my man's cup? I think that's why they're waiting. They're waiting for a rules, rules official. official. They're waiting for a rules official who's going to come over and go. I have no idea. <laughs> no, that's that's one of the most common things on the PGA Tour is that you ask for a rules official, even if you know the rule. You ask for them to come over and officially rule. Oh, it sure. You don't want to do anything. Yeah, and, you want to do anything wrong? Yeah. Unless unless you're um, I was Patrick I knew, Reed. I knew he was going to bring that up. Who I knew cheats. It. <laughs> I and knew then, it. And then at, who who just goes. Ahead and does whatever he wants and cheats and then ask the rules official to come over later. <laughs> Are you talking about the Scraby lookalike? No. The Scraby lookalike, <laughs> yes. That's it. I feel like Patrick Reed was somewhat wronged in the past. Wrong. Oh, wait a minute. You're, you, wait you, a minute. You You're the, the, like the all-time staunch supporter of golfers. You were mad at Patrick. Telling on themselves. I was mad at how he was handling things because it didn't make him look good, but... The thing that happened and here you, at Tory, and you insinuated that you thought he was kind of a cheater. I do think he does some funny things, <laughs> okay. but I don't think Brandel Chambly should have called out his integrity as a human being. Who is on, this? Uh, Brandel Chambly is the Golf Channel guy who oh, yeah. talk about someone who loves to say things to get attention. Oh, right okay. there. So okay, fair enough. Gets anyway. clicks. Yeah, that, right. that statement I just made will not get clicks. I thought the statement I heard from Mike McCarthy. Was really laughable. You like it? See this? Oh yeah! Buy into us. That's it. That was his whole comment about being rehired as Cowboys coach or staying on as Cowboys coach. Why would people buy in? Nobody's going to Mike (laughs) to that idea. Buy into us. Yeah, I think we've who who have who have people given up more on the Cowboys or Dolphins after Uh, what happened this weekend? I saw some pretty irate, like high ranking. Cowboy fans, yeah, seemingly jumping Who's off the bat. High ranking, Skip yeah, Bayless. Oh, well, oh, Skip. Skip Bayless. He wrote on his uh, Twitter account, yes, I saw "N," this. followed by a hundred and fifty O's. <laughs> no, when, he, when Mike McCarthy was coming back, yeah, I can see that. Stephen A. posted a quote or a picture of him doing the little like ha ha ha, ha face. <laughs> I don't think that Mike McCarthy's getting roasted because they got beat. Bad by again. the Packers again in the playoffs, but they got embarrassed in the coaching. I mean, even people that don't know X's and O's could see that they got out coached. Number were unprepared to play number two. I cannot put a pick six on Mike McCarthy. It's just I can't like I cannot put a pitch your, on Bob Melvin. What about say. your defense? Can you? Where, where your defense should have been better. Absolutely, should have been the better. Yes, absolutely. Your How defense should have been better. You know who runs score? the defense? Dan Quinn. All well. 
Who well, runs the offense? Sorry about that. Who runs Mike, the offense? Uh, Mike McCarthy. Okay. How many points did they have at <laughs> halftime? Well, I don't. Well, losing possessions and pick sixing definitely changes things. But well, his game plan was awfully bad, and their defensive that. game plan was even worse. Yeah. All I'm arguing is that you. Don't ever in the NFL want to throw away a coach that gets you twelve wins. You're a just you're just happy he's the staying Packers around. You're just happy he's staying around because you know the 49ers can beat them like a drum whenever they need to, All as long as long. he's coach. That is not a part of my decision. That is exactly <laughs> your decision. That is every part of your decision. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm busy now. This is uh, <laughs> this is this is certainly something. Oh, and, and by the way, um, and I'm not sure if we get into this in a big five. Is Tomlin in your big five? He's not, no. Huh. Did you see this after Scraby was so upset with Mike Tomlin for not taking the question? Mike Tomlin came back today and said, I'm in a better mood. Anybody got any contract questions? Oh, for me? he did. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I gotta say. He's I'm back in on Tomlin now. You know you know who's not in on Tomlin? Who's that? Our uh our, our boss. Uh, our boss. Yeah. Our heavy our high uh, high end boss. Yeah. Oh, Michael, Michael Valenzuela. He's, he's a Steelers fan. He is a major Steelers fan, and I asked him Mike about. I, I said, "You got to be pretty happy with this season." I mean, they weren't supposed to be very good. He goes, "They got to fire Tomlin." Uh-oh. He goes, "I know you and Tony are not going to agree with me, but I have to defer to him to a certain extent because he follows every single thing about the Steelers." He says the Steelers had a lot of money to spend last couple of off seasons. And under Tomlin's leadership, did not spend that wisely and get the players necessary to be better. Hmm. So he blames Tomlin for the fact that we thought them going ten and seven was a surprise. Oh, like he, he knew felt that- they he felt they should have been better to begin with. Like we shouldn't have looked at the Steelers as, as a, a team, 10 team as a as a right. Okay. As a seven and ten team well, he may have a that surprisingly went ten and seven. I didn't he pay- says he says Tomlin like undervalues or, or gets gets players that aren't as good so that he will look better when the record is ten and seven. Oh, is that what he's yeah. doing? That's that's his I think end that game. Was, that, I think that's kind of what he was getting at. Was that Tomlin is the reason we are happy as a NFL fan with ten and seven, but see, he said it as a Steeler a, fan, see, ten and seven doesn't do anything I, for I him. I got a problem with our boss's take on that. One. All right, and it's not that I, I think Michael Valenzuela I, just left the meeting to listen to what you have to I, say right I now. I think that that is a good take up until the conspiracy that he's only doing it yeah. to make <laughs> himself look good. That, yeah, that's the only part I have a problem. Yeah, with. Well, he can he, very well be a bad evaluator of. Of talent, talent, but he's not evaluating <laughs> poorly on purpose. purpose right. No, That's... I can't believe that either. And I and you know what, despite his his thoughts, I still might think Mike Tomlin's really good. So I know right. Scraby doesn't. No, I'm back in on him. He's back in because he, he treated the media better. You like well, change your mind with the wind over there. I'm telling you, you can win me back over pretty easily if, but you just have to take responsibility for what you did and he did just that. You're a flip flopper. That's fine. Flip flop, flip flop. I'm fine with which flopping. Which I think is fine nowadays. You're allowed to be a flip flopper. Yeah. To be... there's, yes, you can be. Okay. Exactly. Uh, I'm trying to get a hold of Spiro, so that's what's happening right now. All right. <laughs> you could sense that people were kind of wondering. Well, I can what... tell where you guys were like, <laughs> okay, where is he, Scraby? Um, all right. Well, while we uh, hope to get. Do we want to do Chris's fantastic facts or do we want to wait? No, I wanted to go with this because okay. since we have a minute. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, ESPN put out a list today. I thought it was interesting. Another list. Another you, list. This is the one you're Let happier me see with? if you have to pay with. If you had to pay for this one, 
Oh, yes, you did. Are you happier with this list? It's okay. Okay. It's all right. It, I'm happier than the stupid MLB <laughs> top second baseman list. Yes, I'm much happier. Uh, Bill Barnwell, who's who picked the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl, so he takes a ding there. But if you've read his stuff consistently on ESPN and you've heard him interviewed on ESPN, he's pretty analytically outstanding when it comes to the National Football League. He did a list today of the top teams with young quarterbacks that are most likely to win the Super Bowl in the future or the near future. You want to know who they got? Young quarterbacks most likely. Teams with young quarterbacks most likely to win a Super Bowl. You want me to go first by? Uh, He started at number five. Uh, Just give me a team you would think would be there with a young quarterback that you think is going to win a Super Bowl soon. Name for the Bengals, um, Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yeah, he didn't. I I don't think he factored in. Yeah, I don't think he factored Joe Burrow in because I would have put him in there. What about Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy's number one. Forty uh, ers Travis Lawrence. Number one. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Travis, Lawrence is Travis Lawrence. Travis Lawrence. I, 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 he's related to Jeff Goff. No, no. <laughs> I corrected myself. <laughs> you did. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags are number five. So I think you're kind of, now. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud and the uh, Texans are number three. What of about course. Justin Herbert? No. Okay. Oh. Not in the top five. Um, you got two more teams to go. One's really obvious. Two? And one will surprise you. That's the one that surprised me. Two Where, and the that? Dolphins are number four. Huh. I don't think he paid much attention to that game Saturday night if he thinks Tua oh, the last is fourth most likely to win a Super Bowl. The last one's got to be uh, Love. Yes, yeah, Jordan Love. Has to be. Packers is number two. So I, but Why let's is talk. Burrow in there? Yeah, Burrow's not there, and he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. That's he crazy. came close, but you would think Burrow would be ahead of Tua yeah. as a young quarterback, and he's younger than Tua in terms of his Burrow's, years in the league. If Burrow's not one, he was two, he should be. You know what? I take back what I said about this list being stupid. Because <laughs> I don't understand how Tua can be on there and Joe Burrow isn't. Uh, the, the Dolphins have a lot of talent around him. I, I don't know that Tua's more likely to get it done than Joe Burrow. He that doesn't make sense. He had Justin Fields on here, huh? He had Justin Fields and the Bears well, six. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, they didn't it... make the top five, but that was the six that he listed. Hmm. Anyway, it's interesting. Uh, if you want to read it, you'll have to pay money. ESPN Plus. <laughs> people, people are hot and cold on that pay money comment on ESPN Plus. It's like whenever Chris says that, I either get a "Will you tell Chris to stop saying that?" or I get a "Tell Chris to keep saying that." <laughs> what, oh, really? Yeah. To pay money. <laughs> um, while we're, I don't know. What is going on with Spiro? He did tell me he had a pretty crazy schedule today, so we'll, we'll catch up with him at some point. But I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this Padres topic that uh, we talked about a little bit before the show. But Alec Manoa has been rumored to be a maybe possible target for the Padres, and John Morosi was on MLB Network saying that. Here he is this morning, I believe. We do know there have been rumblings of trade conversations between the Jays and other teams this offseason. The Padres are one team that I would mention because Manoa was able to come back at least after a really tough start to the year. It's sent to the minor leagues. He was able to work his way back to the major leagues. Did not have a ton of success. But in my experience watching him, it wasn't as though he was non-competitive. He just didn't have his good stuff in 2023. And he was often a pitch or two away from getting out of jams, but things tended to snowball for him. 
So I, I think a team like San Diego, big ballpark, National League, different venue, different change of scenery entirely, I can see that type of a situation being very advantageous for Manoa. That being said, the Jays are not just going to give him away. They don't want to give him away? Why not? Well, the rest of it was just nothing. He was 3-9 and nine with a 5.87 ERA last year, and he did get sent all the way down to rookie league ball. But a closer look at Alec Manoa, yeah. if that's who you're you know, interested in here, if you take away his stats last year, this guy's career record is 25-9. and nine, Yeah. And his ERA is right around three. All-star. And he's an all-star. So was last year, you know, just the one, was that the hiccup? Or is last year going to lead us to more struggles? Well, listen, I don't think it's a bad gamble. No, I don't think so. To be either. honest with you, I mean, like you said, Tony, this guy was in the all-star game. In 2022, he was 16-7, and 2.24. And I mean, he was a number one guy. And we have the pitching whisper. Whisper. And we have the yeah. pitching whisperer. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, listen, I, it's an interesting. I, it's definitely an interesting. If there's a deal to be made that, you know, I think the Padres can can swing it, yeah. He's, he'd be a good addition. To Potential a, number one guy. I mean, not that he's going to pass Darvish or Musgrove. He has that type but of... But he's got that kind of ability. Yeah, no doubt. The guy finished third in the Cy Young balloting in 2022 in so, the so American the League. The question you have to ask yourself, you assume last year's the bottom, right? Uh, that's got to be the bottom, That's right. the bottom. You can't go the any year, lower than being sent to rookie league. The year before is, is you know... Is the top. Is the top. Yeah. You, you, where in between is he going to fall? That yeah. is a question. That is the question. I mean, the guy's the guy's whip went from zero point nine nine to last year one point seven four. I mean, he completely yeah lost you, how to get guys out and couldn't throw. If you watched, you know, didn't throw strikes, the, gave up hit the whole thing. You watched the twenty three version of uh, uh, Manoa, and you watched the twenty two version. Um, a lot of it, something clearly changed in his slider. Because he got a ton of swing and miss in 22. And I watched uh, I watched the Padres spin on a bunch of different sliders when they saw him. Uh, his, his inning kind of snowballed. And that's kind of how all of his innings, as you heard John mention, he, he could be a couple pitches away from getting out of the inning, and he never got out the inning. It was always uh, uh, the avalanche that came after. I have an update on Spiro. Because we call from a weird number, everybody does the same thing. They think it's a robocall, and so they block the spam number. Uh, he's going to be on at three. Okay. Beautiful. Did you guys know that? Have yeah. you ever been called from our studios before? I have. That's I why I, I don't use, send you to spam, no? No, I usually, because your phone recognizes the number. Maybe, maybe so. It's just it's just our call-in number. So <laughs> if you saw 833-288-0973 pop up, I would think that was something different, too. But. All right, thank you, Spiriditas, coming up in about 10 minutes. Chris, like, I didn't need the last two minutes of whatever you just said. But. No, I needed it. Okay. I- I'm glad to be updated. I was just moving moving on from it. I don't think That's Alec all. Manoa. What do you think? Yeah, you don't you don't, you don't think Manoa is worth taking the, the risk on? I do if they can get him cheap if, enough, like you guys said. I mean, well, they're not going to get... As they, John just said, they're not going to give him up for nothing. Yeah, I don't expect him to give it up for nothing, but I mean, he is a reclamation project. Uh, I don't think he's that reclamation. That's yeah, that's that seems like a a little strong. Why? Oh, because he wasn't. Because he was. He he's had one bad season. 
right? Mm. He hasn't like you, I just feel like a reclamation for somebody who's just been out and out and out down and, and out like for you're trying a to like while. bring him bring him back. Basically. So he's a salvage. What? But what is? <laughs> I don't like any of these words. Yeah, I'm not really a fan <laughs> of it either. What? What do you think of? I, I mean, what do you think is fair in terms of if if let's say AJ Preller calls the the Blue Jays, what do you think it's fair for them to offer ask for? And what do you think's fair? I mean. I don't think you're going to trade any of your top 100 prospects. The Padres that came out today have six guys in the top 100. Um, That's as many as any other team, I believe, in all of Major League Baseball. I think the Orioles were the other one that had six. Ethan Salas leads the way, if you're wondering, about the Padre prospects. The other five, I would have to name off the top of my head right now, and I'm not going to be able to do it. I know Dylan Lesko's in there. Dylan Lesko would be the one that I probably forget there, the I easiest. Uh, Snelling, yeah, probably. Snelling um, is there. Jackson Merrill. Jackson Merrill is there. The new kid they just got uh, from the international market. Oh, uh, Leia Dallas. DeVries. DeVries. He's in there. And um, anyway. I'm forgetting someone. I am too. But it, it's not the Marcy. kid. Jacob no, Marcy? it's not Marcy. Not, Marcy's it's not, no, I noticed he He's was outside. not one of the 100. Okay. He was not one of the 100. But anyway, I wouldn't uh, – the other one is the kid they got from the Yankees, the uh, Thor. pitcher, Thor. Thor. Yeah. yeah. Those are the six Padres that are in the top 100 right now. I wouldn't part with any of those guys for Alec Manoa. No. No. Right? No. And then, okay. you, then it starts to boil down to how well uh, an organization knows your farm system, right? Because, you know, you get to know – the specifics of a farm system from watching them, you you got a good idea who you like, and so has Toronto been able to do that? They certainly have been able to do it in the last couple of months because there's been no baseball, but they they know uh, it'll be interesting if that's something that they can pull off. Yeah, I think they should be interested. It's a it's a starting pitching rotation spot of a guy who you know can pitch at a very high level with the pitching whisper and in tow. The pitching whisper. In tow, all that. Uh, real quick, did you guys see um, Andrews tight end for the uh, Baltimore Ravens? Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Is he playing? He very well could. They say it is still up in the air, but it sounds like the thing I've read. He's he's back to being healthy. Did he I like feel snap like he, his leg. No, he he had a bad ankle injury. They oh. are really fixing these guys up a lot faster than <laughs> ever before. <laughs> Fixing these guys, they really right? are. I mean, you know, torn ACLs, and you know uh, what? What it, Aaron Rodgers had the uh, Achilles, Achilles, yeah, almost made it back. Had that new surgery with. I don't know that. I mean, rope, I think certainly rope. Mark Andrews would not hurt Baltimore, but the other guy, Isaiah, Isaiah Likely, Likely yeah. was really, really good. Every time Lamar Jackson threw him the you ball. Know, you know John's got a two tight end set he could use. Yeah. Especially wouldn't... now that he knows Lively can play. Yeah. Likely. Likely. Excuse Isaiah me. Likely. Likely, excuse me. That's what I mean. I feel like such a jerk when I correct you, but you've don't. asked me to. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I don't want to just keep butchering people's names. All right, that was some good uh, That was some good, uh, good juggling by us right there without Spiro Didas. But he will be coming up right after the top of the hour break. So stick around for that on Gwen and Chris. All right, kicking off the uh, 3 o'clock hour, we welcome you back to Gwyn and Chris. Chris Ello here, Tony Gwynn Jr. there, Matt Scraby from the Odyssey Palace Studios in beautiful San Diego, California. Also on uh, 
YouTube. Just uh, search for 97.3 The Fan. You can watch the uh, proceedings. We are here till 6 o'clock today. I'm really excited to have on our next guest. Um, don't know if you know this, Tony, but growing up in Los Angeles and wanting to be a broadcaster and listening to the great Chick Hearn, I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to someday be able to step in and replace Chick Hearn? Big shoes. Well, I couldn't do it, but our next guest did, and he did it great. Spiro Ditas, now a CBS sports broadcaster, joins us on 97.3 The Fan. Spiro, thanks for your time. How are you today? Hey, Chris. Thanks, guys. Hey, Tony. Hey, you know what? That's that's very sweet of you to say. Luckily, I had a couple of buffers in between me, so I can't I can't say I replaced Chick, but um, tip of the cap to Paul Sunderland and yeah. you know some of the guys that were ahead of me. But man. I've said it many times, best six years of my life in terms of, of my career. Incredible. And uh, just, just great, great memories. Yeah. I mean, but I appreciate the kind words. Oh man. I mean, you, you did a great job. Yeah. I mean, under almost impossible circumstances, because Chick Hearn, Tony and I will say, and I think you're probably right there with us that he's maybe the greatest broadcaster of all time in any sport. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's on a short list, like Chick and Van. <laughs> Van yeah. I don't, know, I, I don't even, I don't, uh, to be honest, I don't know who else you could put on the list, you know, just like the the flair and the theatrics of their call, because there's been the like, great, great announcers. But I don't know. There was just like a, uh, there was just something different about them. You know, I mean, they created the vocabulary, the sport, yeah. but yeah. The, the melody of their voice, it was just it was just different. It really was. Yeah. I, how did you just I mean, I don't got off a little on a tangent here, but how did you broadcast Laker basketball? without feeling like you wanted to repeat some of the phrases that Chick Hearn made famous. Because I do some women's college basketball for San Diego State, and, I mean, every now and again I want to say that one of the players is yo-yoing up and down <laughs> or, you know, doing one of Chick's phrases, and I have to kind of stop myself because that belongs to him. Yeah, you know, I, I knew I, – I, I talked to a ton of people who were here in L.A., and I think I got really good advice, and they all said, listen – like don't don't try to do check. Like don't don't be that guy who comes in and steals his 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 phrases and his calls. So I think early on my my approach was just just be me. You know, just just call the games the way I've I've come up listening and 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 develop my style and and that's all I really tried to do to be honest with you. And the best the best part of the 6 years for me aside from just, you know, calling games and meeting Kobe and and being on a plane with these guys and getting to know them and calling NBA finals the best part for me was like finally getting the acceptance from mm. the fan base because in the beginning, I remember like the first year, you know, this was like pre Twitter. So I'd go on the message boards and like, you know, what are they saying about me? And I, I'm <laughs> getting shredded. Like who is this guy? Who, I, I couldn't even pronounce my name. Like, where did they find this kid? He's the worst. He's terrible. So I'm just like, I mean, I was, it was pretty devastating because you know, you're the young guy and you want to be accepted. So like after towards the end of that first year, I think that started to turn, and then and then Laker fans by the end. I mean, it was it was pretty emotional leaving. Yeah. Um, but I felt like the connection had been made, and that that was really really cool. Yeah, you're pretty pretty bold, man, Sparrow, getting on the message board at that time. No kidding. I, 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 oh, <laughs> dude, it was it was not it was not good for my ego. I, 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 I want to ask. Let's fast forward to to now. I mean, you you were at the pit last week uh, watching our Aztecs uh, take one on the chin at, at New Mexico. The pit just seems like a difficult place to play. What is it about that place that seems to make teams, you know, uncomfortable in that in that arena? Well, the way the way it's configured, obviously, it's it's built down uh, pretty pretty deep, 
you know, you, you literally walk down a tunnel. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's really no place like it. Um, it's, it's not, uh, it's not very wheelchair accessible. I noticed too. And all the restrooms, when you got want to go from the court at halftime, you got to like literally walk up a tunnel, which was kind of interesting, yeah. but it's the, the seat configuration is really intense. I mean, the, the first row of seats are like butted right up against the court. And so that, when that place is juiced up and sold out, like it was last weekend, you know, it's pretty intimidating for, for a road team. There's a reason why their home record has, has consistently been good, even during seasons where they haven't really been at their best. Um, that's number one. Number two is the altitude. And I know, you know, teams like San Diego State have been in this conference. They've, they've played, you know, they played multiple games at Colorado. They, they, they're used to these kinds of environments. But when you mix the intensity of the atmosphere and the altitude that you have to fight through physically, I think those two combinations make it really, really challenging to play. And, and Brian, you know, when we met with him the day before the game, Brian Dutcher, he, he knew what they were up against. You know, no matter how much you prepare psychologically, it's just a tough place to win. So I think when you can steal one there, it's, it's, it's an accomplishment for your team. Spiro Didis, great broadcasters, our guest here on uh, Gwen and Chris. Spiro, uh, what did you think of the Aztecs? I mean, I know they lost this particular game, but you watch college basketball around the country. You did the tournament. We know they were in the final two last year. What do you think of this team? What do you think of this conference? Because I think it's still getting badly overlooked by the na- you know the national media to a certain extent. I think very similar on both questions. I think the team has a potential to have another deep run through March. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think they're going to win the national championship, but I think the potential is there. And the same thing with this conference. And and look, if I'm one of these teams in this conference, I, I let them overlook us. You know, yeah. let them continue to 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 have us as an afterthought. Um, you know, it's it's. I, I think this this conference has proven now that it's legit. And and it's not just a one or two bid situation anymore. I mean, last year, what, there were four teams in? I think it could easily be four, maybe even five teams in with the way things are shaping up. I think New Mexico is now starting to come around as they start to build, to, to build their tournament resume. Um, this game this weekend is going to be huge. I mean, San Diego State, I love their makeup. A little bit different in terms of some of the new blood that they have. But, you know, I, I think now to have success in March, guys, and, and this is interesting with college basketball, five, 10 years ago, it was the one and dones, you know, it was the Kentuckys. It was these teams that have the, the blue chip freshmen that come in and change the makeup of your team and, and help you to, to make a deep run. Now you want to have those veteran guys, you know, you want to have those fourth and fifth year seniors. And, you know, now, my God, it's like sixth and seventh year seniors on some of these teams. And I think San Diego state has that box checked. The one interesting thing that Dutch told us last weekend was how quickly can I incorporate the new pieces mm. to a point where we can have, a, a, you know, the kind of march that we're hoping to have, you know, kids like Reese Waters who are uber talented, you know, but can they continue to perform at this level um, when, when the games get for real towards the end of February and, and, uh, and obviously into March? You know, that's, that's a big question mark, but Ladie's incredible. You know, you've got your star to build around and I just really like the makeup and the structure of the team and, and, you know, the way that they defend and all the things that they've done under, under Dutch since you've taken over. Spiro Dietz joins us here on Gwen and Chris and, and Spiro, you mentioned Dutch and the job he's done at this, with this program. And uh, I would venture to say, and most of us out here would venture to say they're starting to put themselves on the same type of level as a Gonzaga, not in one of these major conferences, but certainly a team you have to deal with 
Is that starting to resonate outside of of here in San Diego? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're I think they're just about there, to be honest with you guys. And and the other thing they've got going for them is is geography. I mean, who doesn't want to go to San Diego and, and hmm. spend four or five years uh, as a as a college athlete? Yeah. The challenge that they're going to have, and the challenge that even a Gonzaga still has, is just the NIL. You know, as mm-hmm. this as this thing continues to evolve. You know, can you get the type of players that you need to consistently get? But the other interesting thing that Dutch told us, and, and he said this is something that he figured out, and and even Mark Few has told us this. Like all of these schools, um, you know, everyone wants to go for the top guy, you know, the A one type player, the blue chip player. But I think these coaching staffs have realized that you know, if we go to the the next rung of player, sometimes it's it's better long term growth of a team. Uh, because as Dutcher told us last weekend, it's, you know, sometimes you think you have something on paper and then, you know, sometimes with the, the A1 type players, it it doesn't gel as quickly enough. And, and I don't know, they're, they're recruiting. It's just the the way that they've put the puzzle together every year, it seems to work. And I know the, the transfer portal is crazy. And sometimes it's just like, you know, every man for himself and you just grab who you can grab. But I think there's been real thought, at least with 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 Brian and Mark Few and some of these teams, is how do these pieces fit? And and I think you're seeing that in the results. And and now I think over this next month and two months is when Brian and his staff really try to figure out and tinker with the rotations and you know how is this going to look, you know, with the money on the table as as we get close to to March Madness. Spiro Didis, our guest, how much of a favorite day of the year is 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 it for you when it's your NCAA tournament day and you're doing four games in one day? Or is that crazy preparation-wise and almost – I mean, to me, I would just feel like I'm in heaven. But it's got to be tough as well. I mean, you guys all do an amazing job when you get that assignment. Oh, thanks, man. You know what? There's nothing like it. There, there's, I would say March Madness, the NBA playoffs – were awesome, and then um, you know, and NFL playoffs are th- those three things. But but the tournament's the tournament, all right. I mean, it's that first day, that first full day of the tournament. There's there's nothing quite like it, you know. Certainly not for us doing this in our in our business. We get the assignment the evening of Selection Sunday, you know. So we all watch the show at home, like like all you guys, and then eight o'clock, nine o'clock Eastern time, we get the call from CBS. You know, this is your this is your bracket, this is your site, and then immediately. I tell my wife, like, I'm, I'm locking the door in the office in the house, like, just put a pot of coffee on, and you just start cranking, you know, you just start grinding. Yeah. I, I will say the first couple of years, I mean, it was so overwhelming with the prep. Like, I couldn't I couldn't turn my brain off at night. So, I, like, from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or excuse me, from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of, like, that week leading up to the tournament – I almost had to like, I don't know if I should say this on the air, I had to take like a sleeping pill to be able to sleep at night because I couldn't turn my brain off. But luckily now I've gotten to the point where, you know, you learn how to prep. I mean, that was like almost just a learning experience in and of itself for me, talking to guys like Ian Eagle and Brian Anderson, like guys who've been my mentors in the business. So I've gotten to a point now where like I'm mentally and psychologically just in a better place. And then, so now I can enjoy it a little bit more. Whereas before it was just so, so nerve wracking. You're almost relieved to get through it. Now it's like I could actually enjoy the experience. And waking up on Thursday or Friday morning, that first full day is like I've said it many times, like Christmas morning. That's what it feels like. 
Sparrow, one last one for me, and it's on the NFL side. We've got some decent matchups this week, but I think the one that everybody's going to be tuned into is the what is it, the third iteration of this Chiefs-Bills uh, uh, matchup between Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Do you think Josh Allen finally gets over the hump and, and, and beats Patrick this week? Man, you know, it's it, this is you feel like this is kind of like a do or die moment for them, yeah. you know, and, and who would have thought that they would be in this position to have a home playoff game against Mahomes and this Kansas City team based on on the way that their season was was pointing, you know, with about a quarter of the regular season left. But here we are. I mean, it's just it's been one of those wild seasons. I will say this is probably their best chance. Yeah. You know, the way things have have panned out the way things have, have laid out now on paper to get this home game in the divisional round. Now, you know, you're, you're one, one away from a potential Super Bowl if you can get past this weekend. And then you look at the other side, you got Tampa Bay, uh, Detroit on the one side, obviously green Bay and uh, excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong bracket, but you know, aside from Baltimore, you know, this is, this is a winnable side on the AFC, I think for Buffalo, yeah. you know, Houston obviously is beatable. Um, They've proven, you know, that at times they can play with the Baltimore. But just in terms of, like, the ghosts for Josh Allen and Kansas City, I think this is it. You know, this is like one of those moments where you know in the career of a quarterback, you know, when he's all done, this this is one of the moments that we'll be talking about. You know, did he get over the hump or did he continue uh, to fail in the big moment, you know, in, in the pressure moments? And so this weekend, this game is, is as much about Josh Allen as, as anyone else on that field. Mahomes is who he is. You know, his legacy is secure. Yeah. Um, this is one that Josh Allen has to go in, and then we'll see what happens. Speaking of guys who came up big in big moments, Spiro Ditas did that when he uh, jumped onto those Laker broadcasts, now doing a great job for CBS. Uh, great having you on. Thank you, Spiro. I uh, really enjoyed it. Thanks for the input and the insight, and uh, hope we catch up to you again soon. Thanks, Spiro. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Hopefully we'll do it again. Very good. Spiro Ditas there from CBS Sports. Really a good broadcaster. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he said there was a couple of guys that snuck in, but they were mostly interim guys before he really became the replacement for Chick Hearn. And for him to say that he would go on message boards, That's oh, my right. goodness. Because you can almost – I mean, it was Chick Hearn. There was nobody who was going to be able to replace him. Laker fans were rabid about Chick yeah. Hearn. And uh, the fact that he, like, willingly went on a message board. My <laughs> You know – I got to say, there is some morbid curiosity that I have about what bad things people are saying about our show. Yeah, so I think when you start, but when you start reading a few of them, <laughs> oh, then I, stop. I don't become then I stop. morbid <laughs> curiously anymore. No, then I stop and I, I, I put my phone away. But yeah. I do, whenever I see a comment, I do kind of look. I got to say, I'm a sucker well, for punishment. I, I, I don't think anybody doesn't look. But after you get a taste of one, it's like, all right, do I want to keep doing this to myself? Yeah. Well, as he said, it was very rewarding in the end. Because <laughs> yeah, no after six years, they finally decided, you know what? This guy can broadcast a little bit. Just needed some time. They were right. All right. Uh, we have a, uh, we got our uh, daily gambit yes. put on hold for a little bit. But we'll uh, pick that up when we come back after traffic on Gwen and Chris. 323 on the clock. Tony Gwen Jr., Chris Zello, Matt Scravey. I was just rocking out. We were. We were. That, you that was letting, a long that, intro. Letting that breathe a little bit. Yeah. It's one of Scrape's favorite. He liked that one. So uh, we got a daily gamut to get to. So let's get to it. Do you like money? I think about money a lot. 
you like money without doing anything? Uh, duh. Winning. Do you want to make money while watching sports? I think Washington is immortal luck. Washington! Woohoo! If you answered yes, this is your segment. Just don't blame us when you lose. Nothing is ever your fault. It's your game. Take it. Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan. Daily Gambit's our daily sports betting segment here on Gwen and Chris. Please, everybody, gamble responsibly. And we were just talking about, or I was talking about to the guys. Sometimes I just talk and the guys ignore me, which is fine because I understand it. Were you talking to us? But Robert Kraft did his introductory press conference. It just hit me. Robert Kraft hired a guy named Mayo. Isn't that amazing? Kraft Mayo? Yeah. Isn't that pretty amazing? <laughs> it's it almost as good me. as the Dodgers having Ferris and Bueller. That is true, too. They do have Ferris Bueller now. Yeah. So I'm going to be and excited the, uh, about San that. the San Francisco Giants one ha- once had a pitching battery, uh, Black and Decker. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Black and Decker. But Black pitched to a guy named Steve Decker. Who was the, uh, I believe it was Steve Decker, was the catcher for the Giants. That's great. That's great. I love that stuff. All right. Daily Gambit last night. uh, Aztecs in Nevada. They were six and a half point favorites. The Aztecs were. All of us chose the Aztecs. All of us were correct because they won 71-59. Where did all the rest of my scores go? Okay. UConn, I know, won. (laughs) You know what was funny? Is earlier when we were going through the the rundown, I I was going to ask you. Was that on purpose that you hadn't filled out the rest of them yet? No. It's uh, because I was working with two sheets, and I filled it out on yesterday's sheet. So I have it right here. All We're right. all ready to go. UConn, six-and-a-half-point favorites over Creighton last night. Chris was the only one who chose Creighton, and UConn won by 14, 62-48. Lakers at the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, yeah. The most shocking result of all time. The Lakers won okay. 127-110. See, there you go. <laughs> of all time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ice cream, I, to- to- I can't wait oh, till the I know. I, I cannot know. wait. I know. They're not going to lose, but oh no. Uh, the bet was over under total score of 243.5 points. Uh, Chris and I said over. Tony said under, and Tony was right by six points. 127, 110 equals 237 points. Yeah. And Dialed in. At 5.20, when we do our 30 mile zone segment, I'm going to play some audio of uh, LeBron James. Trying to do media scrums after the game, but also watching his son Bronny he was, play he, he college was, basketball. He was being a dad and a professional at the same yeah. time. He was, he was like, trying to be. Shoot it. <laughs> uh, then the last one that we made: Celtics sixteen-point favorites over the Spurs. And uh, Chris and Tony chose the Celtics. The Celtics won by twenty or nineteen points, one seventeen to ninety-eight. Yeah. So you guys win that day one right there. Yeah, yeah, one thing you day. didn't uh, mention there, but if you were paying close attention, Tony Gwynn, perfect four and zero. Oh. oh, I don't pay attention. To this four thing. and zero. Oh, he's eight and. One for the week. Can we talk about what he did last week? I mean, <laughs> that's old news, baby. That's it's old, old news. news. He's turned it around. Oh, Eight and one. I guess so. I'm five and four. Scraby's four and five. Well, so we judging by tonight's. Tony's last two weeks, he he's a break even better, which is better than a lot of us. I think you're just you like the full what? frontal see, attack. That's okay. That's okay. I see. That what wasn't you're doing. an attack. I, I don't know that you've was. ever been it, eight and one. It was a one. It wasn't any time. I think a uh, a break even better is a good thing because most betters don't you, ever you're break even. You're just trying to take my shine away right now, and that's okay, Scrape. I would never do such yeah. a thing. It's okay. Here's I, my one parlay for the game uh, between the Packers, or I'm sorry, the NFL games this weekend. First is going to be over 30.5 points for the 49ers against the Packers. 
And then it's going to be 60-plus rushing yards for Isaiah Pacheco. I like that guy. He's a good He's a good running Runs back. Runs hard. And then because Travis Kelsey or Kels, Tony may tell you that later why it's Kels, but Travis Kelsey is chasing Jerry Rice's postseason record for receptions and yards. And I think they want to feed him the ball. I say over six and a half catches for Travis Kelsey in this game. So over 30 and a half points for the Niners, 60 plus rushing yards for Isaiah Pacheco. And then Travis Kelsey over six and a half catches. Travis Kelsey dropped three passes the other night, but he still ended up catching more than six and a half. They went to him a lot. I actually wasn't. Like a, a like a, it wasn't absurd that he was dropping balls in negative in that 20, weather. Thirty five. Fair enough. <laughs> catching, Fair enough. Catching real live rocks out there. <laughs> All right, Chris, what you got? All right, I got uh, your uh, old school USF tonight mm. at home against. They're good. Loyola Marymount. Uh, the Dons. <laughs> my goodness. That was, that. Yeah, well, really they're good. For some reason, my phone, I woke up this morning and I saw a thing about USF and they're 14-4, and four, I yeah, think. Man. It's pretty good. You went bananas on that reaction. <laughs> good. That's from the Dons back when they made the tournament two years ago. They're home for the uh, Loyola Marymount Lions tonight. Do you want the standings? Or you said USF's 14-4. and four. I think so. I think so. You think so? I know they've won 14 games. I love when you don't really know. Well, you make me question myself every single Loyal time. Loyal Marymount is 8-9. Hmm. Dons are favored by 10.5. Ooh. Scraby, given the points, I imagine. Uh, no, honestly, I'm taking USF because they've been crushing teams lately. That's what I just said, giving the points. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what I said. <laughs> USF's 9-0 and at home. That's all I need to know to go USF. Tony, can you take a chance on the Lions? Dons, no. please. Yeah, Bo Kimball's not showing up anytime soon. Good. All right, here's one. Uh, we don't talk too much about the UCSD Tritons. They're in the uh, Big West Conference, taking on UC Irvine tonight up in Irvine. So let's check in on the Tritons. They're six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Right now, the Anteaters and the Tritons are tied for first place. Both Uh-oh. teams 5-0 and oh mm. in conference play. All right. Good on UCSD. I'll yeah. take them plus the points, even on the road. Uh, Tony. UCSD. Ah, good for the Tritons. They gave the Aztecs quite a game earlier this oh, year. By all right. rights, they, they sure could have won that game. Scraby, who are you going with? Hmm. Contrarian. No. 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 I want to I cheer for UCSD. So. We're all going uh, the same on both those games. Okay. Into uh, the NBA we go now. Uh, Zach Levine and the Bulls are in Toronto. Over under for Zach Levine, 19.5 points. And uh, I believe I'm up first. No, I just went first last time. Tony's first. Zach has been over 22 of the six games that he's played since he returned from injury. A little uh, factoid for you you. before you make your wager. And, And Bulls are going against who? At Toronto. Ooh. Tonight, Zach Levine. Yeah, he'll give me twenty. He'll give me twenty. He'll get you twenty. Is he still on your uh, fantasy basketball team? He is. Yeah, and that didn't sound like your team's doing too well. <laughs> I'm in last Just place. By the way. <laughs> oh no! Yes. What happened? Zach Levine got hurt. Either yes, that, he was hurt. Either uh, that or uh, AJ Casavell's out of the league because no. he was the only thing keeping Tony out of last place last year. No, but I've, he is. Uh, he's doing much better than your he's boy right now. You, huh? no, hey, it's okay. a long season. Let's see, it's halfway let's see over. where we are. It's halfway over. I'm going to go with under. Under for Scraby. Zach's due for a good game. I'll say over. 
Toronto's not very good. Uh, all right, we got Oklahoma City at Utah tonight, and we have Indiana at Sacramento. Both games have an over-under of 245. So I will ask you this. In which game will more points be scored? Mm. That's Oklahoma City at Utah or Indiana at Sacramento. Which game do you choose, Scraby? Mm. I know Sacramento can score a ton of points. And Indiana, I'm going to choose Indiana at Sacramento. Indiana, Sacramento for yep. Scraby. I'm going with that as well. Indiana, although Halliburton's out. Yep. They score a ton of points. I'll take that game. Tony, you going to agree or go with the Oak City, Utah? Utah's playing well all of a sudden. I'm going to go with OKC, Utah. All right. OKC, OKC Utah. Utah. You got it. And finally, one game in the NHL tonight. The Kings are home to the Nashville Predators. I know you guys know Nashville's record right off the top of your head. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'll tell you anyway. The Predators. 24-19. That's their record? No. That's their, <laughs> that's their name. <laughs> Yes, the Predators are 24-19 with one tie or one overtime loss. The Kings are 21-12, and have lost eight games in overtime this year. Dang. That's a lot. That is. Uh, Kings are favored by one and a half goals. I'll take the Predators for some reason. The Preds. Tony? I'll take the Kings. Giving them goal and a half away. Scraby? Every time I bet against the Kings, they make me regret it, so I'll say Kings. Kings tonight. All right, Tony's 8-1. and one. We'll keep an eye on his picks. Should we give his picks out again because he's so good? USF, sure. UCSD, <laughs> over on Zach Levine, Oak City, Utah game, and Kings. There you have that. Take it to the bank. It's Tony picking, so. All right, when we come back, <laughs> is it time? It is. Chris's NFL playoff spectacular. Being a little bit overpromoted, <laughs> but we'll give it our best shot when Better we come the, back. When doesn't, doesn't Scraby ever overpromote? No kidding. You you agreed, Tony, that his text made it seem like he wanted a spectacular. <laughs> we'll see how it goes next on Gwen and Chris. As that uh, little promo uh, promo uh, mentioned there, did you just say promo? Yeah, because I was going to say promotion, and then I cut it off and said promo. <laughs> That's how that came out. Why did you decide to cut it off? You not, sure. To just... not sure. <laughs> not sure. Not sure why I snapped my thumb shaking out water from my toothbrush one time. A lot of things I'm not sure about. But one thing I am sure about, you can hear all four NFL playoff games right here on 97.3 The Fan this weekend. So if you're out and about, tune in to Westwood One's coverage of the National Football League playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs... Fun facts and figures, otherwise called Chris's NFL Spectacular, coming up right now after traffic. All right, here we go. Into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Time to take a little closer look at each game. Uh, We will have our picks for uh, the uh, upcoming divisional round on tomorrow's show. It all starts Saturday afternoon. The Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore's favored by nine and a half. Uh, Do you guys remember that the Ravens and Texans actually played the season opener against each other? I do. This year. You did know that. I did not. I only knew that because I heard it already. Oh, well, you'll hear it again. Baltimore (laughs) won the game 25-9. to 
C.J. Stroud in his first NFL game threw for 242 yards against Baltimore, but he was sacked five times. These teams have met 12 times over the years. Baltimore has dominated Houston 10-2. to They've met once previously in the playoffs in 2014. Baltimore won it 20-13. to Yeah. And Houston, although they've only been in the league a short time, are the only team in the NFL that's never won a road playoff game. They're 0-4 on such occasions. A couple of things to keep in mind for that game. Now, Saturday night, the uh, the big one as far as this program is concerned. The Green Bay Packers visit the San Francisco 49ers. I got a lot of fun stuff on this matchup. 49ers are favored by 9.5, much to Scraby's dismay. He doesn't believe in his team. To that extent. You can paint it however you want to paint it. <laughs> did you know? You don't believe in your team. It's okay, man. That's right. Again, did, did you know that once these two teams take the field on Saturday night, it will then become the most common playoff matchup in NFL history? Even surpassing the 49ers-Cowboys. 49ers-Cowboys have played nine times. Packers-Cowboys have played nine times. Wow. Packers and 49ers will be playing for the 10th time. Well, I can tell you as a, in the postseason. As a kid, the Packers and the Cowboys made my life so sad. Well, as a kid. I'm not sure why. The 49ers lead the playoff series 5-4 over Green Bay. They've won each of the last four meetings. Most of those losses came to Brett Favre and Troy Aikman, and they came in the 90s when That's you know. true. 1995, Green Bay won at San Francisco in a divisional round game. 1997, Green Bay won at San Francisco. In the NFC Championship game, mm. the Packers do lead the all-time series you between said the that two was 97? teams. 97 season, yes, for the uh, Super Bowl that was played, I believe, here in 1998. Uh, Green Bay is 34-28 and one all time. This will be the 64th meeting, and one more thing at stake in this game: both teams come in with 37 all-time playoff victories. The winner will be the first team. To go to 38 all-time playoff victories, passing the New England Patriots for number say, one all-time. Really hard to do, honestly. That would get them. Uh, they they definitely were on that list we had the other yeah, that's day. That's right. Patriots. Right now, Patriots, Packers, and 49ers have all won 37 playoff games. The winner of this game will be the first to 38. Uh, I'm definitely rooting against Scraby on this, but I wouldn't be mad to see the. 49ers knock off the Packers. The bang, bang, gang. <laughs> that is yes. just something completely different. Bang, bang, Niner gang. All right. Uh, Sunday, the scene shifts to Detroit, Michigan. Not often that playoff football is in Detroit, but it was last week and again this week. The Buccaneers are six-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Lions, who won their first playoff game in over 30 years last week, they're trying this week for their third playoff win in the last 65 years. These two teams met in week six this year. The game was in Tampa Bay. Detroit dominated that game. Won it 20-6. to Jared Goff threw for 344 yards and two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield was picked once, threw for only 206. One thing about the Lions, they don't play often at home in the playoffs, but when they do, they usually win. They're 6-1 and one all-time in home playoff competition. Detroit? Detroit. 
all time. They weren't. They're usually on the road, and they usually lose. But when they are at home in the postseason, as mentioned, they usually win. The only playoff matchup between these two teams, 1997, in Tampa Bay, and the Bucks beat Barry Sanders and the Lions 20 to 10. That brings us to Sunday's finale: the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's favored by two and a half. One thing I like about this matchup is it's a uh, it's a game between two original AFL teams. Both teams came into being in 1960, the Bills and the then Dallas Texans in the old AFL. And not many people remember this. In 1966, the Chiefs beat the Bills in the AFL championship game, therefore advancing to the first Super Bowl. The Bills were that close to being in the first Super Bowl, but the Chiefs ended up winning. Bills have been very close to a couple yeah, Super that's, Bowls. That's the story of their yeah. life. True yes. enough. So, so close. Yeah. These two teams met in the playoffs twice in the 90s in Buffalo, and the Bills won both of those matchups. As you know, the Chiefs won the most recent two playoff matchups in 2020 and 2021. Bills are pretty good at home in the playoffs, 15-4, and four, but one of those losses was last season. This is the, uh, I think, the marquee matchup right yeah, here. I mean, I think most people do. This is uh, the second. This this is our new generation's Manning versus Brady. Right. Seems like in the AFC. Yes, sir. These two guys can really play. And the funny thing is the all-time series between the two is tied at three. But most people think the playoff Mahomes games, wins right. every game. Right. This year, Josh Allen beat Mahomes. In Kansas City. He has yet to pull it off in the playoffs. That's, and that's correct. That is uh, what everybody will be watching. I think that's what Spiro was getting at when he's saying it's kind of a yep. do it's or a make die or break moment, moment yeah. for Josh Allen. Uh, one other thing on the divisional round. I mention this every year, but this is where the home teams dominate. That's right. And since 1990, when the playoffs were set up in this fashion with buys in the first round, etc., in the 33 playoff years since then, the home team's record is 96 and 36. That's a wow. 73% winning percentage. The home teams ride high in this particular round. However, there has been at least one upset in each of the last four years. Last year was Cincinnati winning at Buffalo. So keep that in mind. The home teams usually win in this round. But there's usually one that doesn't. So who will it be this year? Um, One other thing. If you're wondering about the two top seeds advancing all the way to the Super Bowl, San Francisco, Baltimore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, In the mm -hmm. 33 years since this format started, that has happened eight times. So about once every four years. It did happen last year. Oh, okay. Eagles and Chiefs were both top-seeded teams. I, that's what I have for my playoff the, spectacular. I don't think it quite Niners, approached spectacular, yeah, but I gave it my best shot. I hope the Niners go home early so that they don't get that opportunity. I'd love to see Scraby <laughs> just so sad. Oh, man. About his team. It, it doesn't matter to me when he's sad. It can be this weekend. <laughs> it can be next weekend. Or the most painful, I it's, think, it's is Super losing Bowl. the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's when we got. How did this happen? You yeah. know, hold on, guys. I have experience losing Super Bowls because we, you know, I've lost two in my adult life here as a 49er fan, and it does hurt. But at the same time, they played in the Super Bowl, so it's awesome. 
That sounds. I like don't it. find anything awesome about Miami's three Super Bowl losses. Hated well, every single one of those. Well, I mean, it was fifty-six because you love sports. One of them. It was not okay. fifty-six to ten. No, That's I, I funny, was funny though. Joe no. Montana. I was actually asking. I didn't they crush the Dolphins in one of the Super Bowls? Who? The 49ers. Uh, okay, different score. They yeah. crushed the bang or the Broncos. They did. Yes, they're not go. the Dolphins. Okay, Dolphins got Joe Montana. Worked back, through that though. one, Tony. Joe Montana got uh, got by the Dolphins though. As, as a Chief, as a Chief, his yeah. final game as an NFL quarterback was a playoff loss in Miami. Hmm. So we That's had a the final. Question. We had the final say on that one <laughs> with the great Take Joe that, Montana. Joe. Take that, his Joe. 18th year in the league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was. <laughs> Marina was like you know fresh in his prime. <laughs> right. Montana came out there in a wheelchair and still almost won the game. But uh, Miami prevailed on that day. All right. Um, I don't know if we have enough time to do this, but I wanted to. I thought it would be fun to rank the eight quarterbacks that are left in the uh, playoffs. Because I think it's interesting. The 49ers are favored, odds-on favorite to win it all. But they clearly don't have the best quarterback. I mean, even Scraby, you couldn't. No, yeah, I, I will tell you right now, Brock Purdy is not my number one. Yeah, uh, let's. Yeah, we don't have enough time. Four we minutes. don't, and we'll have our picks tomorrow. So we'll get to our quarterback rankings, perhaps in the four o'clock hour. I would think that would be a good place for it. Yeah, are you feeling good about Chris versus the fans today, Chris? Always. Okay. Always. Why would I not? Uh, do you, are more importantly, are you feeling good? Yeah, about my questions Chris have been fans? solid as of late. As of late, say you. I mean. We get to this time of the week, and the question... I still got some in there. You do. Oh, that's why I was just double-checking. You got enough in there. Yeah, usually I can leave quarter or quarterback number three questions for, like, weeks because we don't use them ever. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a little light today. On the, I am a little light today. On the questions. I want yes. to thank the National Football League. They're actually going to air all four games on broadcast television this weekend. No thank streaming? Thank you very much. Oh, there will be a streaming if you want to. Oh, Dang. You can watch Houston and Baltimore on ESPN+. Plus. You can watch Tampa Bay, Detroit on Peacock. You can watch Kansas City, Buffalo on Paramount+, Plus. Tony, if you choose. I do actually watch I, it. I actually like, like it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. The only primetime game is Saturday night. That's Green Bay, San Fran. That's on Fox. And I imagine you could stream that somewhere on a Fox app. You can. I don't have. I have done that as well. Fox is on like Hulu a lot of times. It is. It? It's interesting to yes, me that all yes, four games is. are on all four games are on different networks, right? ESPN, Fox, NBC, CBS. They Isn't all that get how it one works? game. It used to and be, then, and then Fox be, no. and CBS get the championships, and then one network on a rotating basis. Gets it used the Super to be Bowl. two two channels until you got to like the Super Bowl. It was just it, Fox and CBS. It was no. It actually used to be CBS and NBC. And NBC. Fox oh. jumped in about twenty years ago, and then it was okay. CBS and Fox. But CBS and NBC used to rotate the Super Bowl. Now it's CBS and Fox that rotate the Super Bowl. This year's game will be on CBS. I think NBC is a part of that too, because Chris Collinsworth did one a couple years ago. I think any and oh my gosh, it just hit me. Now that Prime is a part of this whole thing, we're going to get a fully only stream Super Bowl. No way on Prime. That they, won't happen. They for won't a while. cut their nose they off. No, they will. They face. will because Amazon will pay a billion dollars, and the NFL will no, be like, the NFL hey, would not be stupid the, enough to do that because the because the Super Bowl brings everyone right. in, not just sports right. fans. Right. I mean, how much and money? Everyone's going to walk out on that idea. How much money are they making for those commercials? Right. Because the streaming commercials? I mean, those are set 
right. folks that they have that are that are already there. There's people breaking off serious bread for 30 seconds. You don't think Amazon, yeah, it's like 6 or $7 million. Oh, uh, Amazon will pay as much money uh, as there uh, is in the world, they but, I don't, think bill, be good. but I don't yeah, think that, that would be, be good. As much as the oh. NFL dominates, I don't think that would be good business. Oh, I don't think that's good business, but I could just totally see it happening because no. NFL wants money more than anything. I was talking to someone earlier today, and we were talking <laughs> about – you think you think Chris's head explodes about the streaming? <laughs> if they put the Super Bowl on streaming only, yeah, I would be a little. Oh upset. my god, I would be upset at that too because that's just wrong. You you can't we, block the Super Bowl. But I was talking about would lose their mind. The yeah, NFL being a not for is it nonprofit is it, or not for profit and they profit on everything. So how in the world are they classified as that? Because Roger Goodell's taking home like fifty million dollars a year. Why are we talking about Roger Goodell's paycheck? Well, I'm just we, saying, like, the NFL, here? because streaming, the NFL is greedy, and they will take all of Amazon's money to put the Super Bowl on the stream. I, I don't think they'll do that. I do agree that, you know, the NFL likes money, but I don't think they're going to go that route. That is That'd be strong, that's burning quite it down strong. right there. <laughs> burning it down. <laughs> People would be, be livid. And then Al Here's Michaels of- and Kirk Herbstreit get to call it. That Al Michaels will complain about the game. <laughs> That's a terrible game. Here's a little trivia for you, Super Bowl trivia. Did you know, speaking of TV networks, that Super Bowl One was oh. broadcast on CBS and NBC. Same yep. time. Same time. They couldn't make up their mind who would get the first Super Bowl, so they just put it on both the AFL and the NFL network. I think that's kind of strange. That is really strange. That is. There you have that. All right. So I did you have a you different broadcast it. team then on, on the other? Right. Well, yeah. Kurt Gowdy and uh, the NBC oh, guys. Oh, so you got your choice. Like, I don't like these guys the N- here. I'm yeah, going over the here. The CBS guys, I think, was um, Ray Scott. Jay, I could look that up, but it was definitely two different broadcasts. Huh. We're going to yeah. get Tony Romo and Jim Nance this year. I can dig that. Yeah, I can get. With I that. think Romo's lost it a little bit. Fastball's not working as well. He's got to. He's it's not coming to, out to say. Yeah, he's got to re, regain know, his spin Chris. rate. <laughs> got to regain the spin rate, Tony. We got to go to break. Eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Chris versus fans. Into the four o'clock hour we roll. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Got a Chris versus the fans headed your way. Chance to qualify for the grand prize, which is two tickets to Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns on April 11th at, and a two-night stay at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Get ready for an electrifying night of rock and roll as two iconic bands, Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns, come together to perform live on April 11th at Westgate International Theater at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. The Westgate Las Vegas Resort Casino features newly designed premier rooms, part of the $70 million room renovation. Chris, I don't know if you saw um, your initial idea for an Aztec football coach. You remember who that was? Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. See, he's uh could be headed to the NFL again. Uh, we'll be interviewing for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator job. God, all he has to do is gain a yard, and Man, there'll it, be an improvement it, over it, what they have. <laughs> I mean, it, when you when we talked about the Bears often last year, because in some ways it was a surprise how bad they were. Um, it would be seemed like he'd be a good addition I to add some offense. Nine people for this job, like they've been like on a cast a wide net. Yeah, they're not they're not messing around on this one. Huh? No, we'll see. I think Cliff Kingsbury would be a good choice, offensive coordinator. I thought he would have been a great fit here. I don't know that 
J.D. Wicker and the Aztecs wanted to take the risk of him coming here and leaving in a year or two. So I think that was the negative on Cliff Kingsbury, but I definitely like that name. By the way, I did get the answer as to who broadcast the first Super Bowl, but it is an interesting answer. Kurt Gowdy did broadcast for NBC. CBS, it was a guy by the name of Ray Scott. He did the first half, and then they switched play-by-play guys in the second half. And it was Jack Whitaker. Huh. That's kind of a weird decision. Very weird. Yeah. I got one more for you, Scraby. You'll be able to follow along with this. Is that a shot at my intelligence or something? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) This year's game will not only be broadcast on CBS. Yeah, it'll be on Paramount, too. It will also be on Paramount. And there will also be a completely different broadcast on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. With Iron Eagle's son, Noah Eagle. Noah Eagle is the play-by-play guy, but do you know who the rules expert is for the Nickelodeon broadcast? Uh, Is it? Oh, wait. Hold on. I know who it is. It's Patrick from SpongeBob. No. Oh. It you is, thought you were on the subject. I did. You thought Sorry. you had it. It is Dora the Explorer. Oh, so I was <laughs> in the right <laughs> realm. But Dora, Dora have to check Dora's going to be the rules expert if I'm, you watch the Nickelodeon game. I might have to check this uh, this telecast out. There you go. I, I, I've I, watched it before. I haven't watched it. It's pretty good, i got to yeah. say. And i gotta, I got I to gotta take, uh, not take back anything about Noah Eagle that I said yesterday, but oh. I think people were misunderstanding me Back that I pedal. thought he was not good at his job. I never said that. I just said you just it was easier for job. him to get into the job. <laughs> you, just, you just hate that he has his job. That's right. I hate possibly how he got his job. But wait, can we, wait, could you say that one more time? You hate... Possibly. Possibly how he got his job. We don't know that he got his job that way. But there's a possibility and you hate that. And again, I would like to say, I do think he's good. It was not about his skill level, which everybody... It was just about the possibility. Do you guys feel like people only hear what they want to hear? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. All right, I'm not crazy. Because I didn't say that he wasn't good, right? were uh, were, Were any of the listeners enraged at you like they were at me yesterday? No, no, no. No, they weren't enraged. Nobody was enraged. No, someone was yesterday, though. Yes, they were. All right. uh, Let's get to our Daily Gambit. If you had one shot, one opportunity to take down the human almanac himself. Howdy do. Now is your time. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. Now is your opportunity to win a prize. Well, I hope you know what you're in for. Chris versus the fans starts now on 97.3 The Fan. All right. I have an additional prize to add to the Chris versus the fans winnings today. You will qualify for that trip to Las Vegas, but you will also win a pair of tickets to Saturday's UCSD Hawaii basketball game at Lion Tree Arena. Grab tickets now at UCSDTritons.com. So if you win, you will have those tickets and qualified for your trip to Las Vegas now. And as we mentioned earlier, UCSD is undefeated in conference play that's right. currently. That's right. So that's uh, that's a good, uh, good ticket to have. The rules. You have to make it through three questions. Each question question will get more difficult if you get the question right you move on if you get it wrong and chris gets it right you're eliminated but if chris gets it wrong then you move on to the next question or you win if you're a first time player very good job just let us know before the first question you'll get that for free today and you'll start on question number two but, but yes chris, chris your arm in, is in the air yes it is before we get into uh chris versus the fans i just want you all to know before you get too enraged I did catch the fact that Tony introduced the segment as the Daily Gambit by mistake. It's okay. Oh, did he? I I completely missed that. I did. 
Probably trying to reel from something you guys said I about it. I only bring it up because I figured somebody would get on the chat and go, I, I, Tony, I, yeah. Did I, you know, I, did, I did say Daily Gambit. Yeah. He's right. I'm just Chris pointing, versus the fan. I'm just beating people to the punch. Just, it's just a normal Thursday here on the Gwen and Chris show. Oh, right. the comment just came in. How could Chris ever lie about Tony like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm enraged. <laughs> the comment did not come in. <laughs> All right. Let's get to our first contestant. Chris. Welcome to the show. Happy Thursday. Hello. Hello, Hello Chris. How Good. How are you? Hey, Chris. Doing well. Doing well. Haven't talked to you guys in a while. Let's roll. All Good right. to have you right. back. Let's, let's roll. First question. Who did outfielder Adam Jones rob of a home run in the WBC right here at Petco Park? Manny Machado, I was in the stadium sitting right there. Oh, wow. There you go. What are the chances of that question? Man? Good job. It's all over that one. Nice work, Chris. We move to question well done. number two. I feel like we've asked the middle question, like, recently, and I have just tried to... Um, I don't think so. I think you weren't here. Oh, oh okay. Delete it. There yeah. we go. What team did Deshaun Watson? And I believe we asked answered, asked, asked this question too. You know, Frank, I gotta get I gotta get you to delete these questions. That was my fault, though. Where I think that did Miles Garrett play college football? I think we asked this one too. Really? Yeah, but that's all right. Uh, did he go to Texas A and M? Nice. Hey, I gave you well the, done, Chris. The, I gave you the correct before you could talk yourself out of there. <laughs> yeah, you did. All right, here we go. Question number three. Have we asked all these questions, too? No. Okay, uh, probably. The, the Toledo one we did ask. My goodness. Not Scraby. Do some new questions, will you? <laughs> what active quarterback is tied with Y.A. Tittle? Oh, for the he gets some Yelberton for Yelberton. the most. That was his name, okay, Yelberton. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What active quarterback <laughs> is tied with Y.A. Tittle for the most playoff games without a win? Oh wow! Never won a game, but start. Oh, you mean okay? Started a bunch of playoff games and never won one. Boy, that's a great question. Thank you. Ooh. Uh. Is there a bonus question? Yeah. Yeah. Stay there. I though. think you're safe. Stay there. Yeah, I think no. you're safe. I don't know that I'm going to know this. I'm trying to think. This would be really tough. I this think. is really tough. Never won a game. Like, why Tittle? Why? Yelberton. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Yelberton. That was seriously his name. It's like what I'm, I make up names, and that's one of the names I would make up. Yeah, it does sound like it. I don't. I don't even have a good uh, guess I was going to go. Well, I'll, there's I'll, the hint in there, the active quarterback. Oh, it is an active quarterback? That is a hint, because I was going to guess somebody who's not even active. Really? An active quarterback. Yeah. Um, Andy Dalton. Wow! Are you kidding me? No way! You just pulled. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's crazy. I was getting ready to like. I just knew he didn't know. 
That is insane. I'm really sorry, Chris. Sorry, that Chris. That is rock. I feel bad doing that to a fellow Chris. Did that that is, just that popped just, into my head. Did, I was about to say, did that come to you late? Yeah, just then. You were, you were hemming it oh, I had no idea. Try. I had no idea. <laughs> that is an Adam Jones robbery of Manny Machado. Sorry, right that there. is fair enough. Wow. Pulled right. that. When you said active, I, I don't know how Man. I came up with him, but I did. Dang. It was there. Wow. That's that's Somehow. impressive. All I don't right. I know how I can go on. Let's go to our next <laughs> contestant, Mike. Come on down. Mike. Uh, do, we, do, do, do. we changed a couple people. Okay, how about uh, John? Yes, he's there. Uh, which one? John. John. What's up, John? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's Pretty going good, well. John. Pretty good. Here we go. First question. Which two quarterbacks are playing their first road playoff games in the NFL this coming weekend? Jordan Love. And oh my God, drawing a blank. I totally drew a blank. My goodness, Jordan Love, and who else is on the road? Oh, uh, CJ Stroud. No, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. That's all I got. <laughs> I appreciated listening to you work that. Through was that was a wave of emotions yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Love was on the road last week, yeah. so that's what killed you there. CJ Stroud is correct, and I Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Sorry, John. Thank you. Uh, Sorry, John. Patty Great to hear from you, as always. Patty Mahomes. Patty, Patty Mahomes. All right. Go to our next uh, our next contestant. <laughs> Christian, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How we doing? We're doing Pretty well. Good. Here Very we go. good. First question. What does the PGA stand for in PGA Tour? Uh, Professional Golfers Association. Ding, nice ding. Job. Nice job. Question number two. Who was the last Aztec quarterback to be drafted into the NFL? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I heard. Stay there. Just Not sure. But I'm going to go with my buddy Ryan Lindley. I thought that was going to mess someone up because I think Ryan Lindley and Kevin O'Connell played around the same time. Mm, Kevin was quite a bit before Ryan. I quite mean, at least seven years oh, or wow. so, okay. I'd say. I was way wrong then. I would say. Still, Off the top of my head. Sorry about that, Christian. Sorry, Christian. All right, we go to uh, Caesar. We're about to, the to show. go tiebreaker, tiebreaker. Yeah, because you are. Your questions are down. Well, I didn't know that this. Frank didn't. I'm, 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 I'm giving Frank stuff while he's not even here or Frank in. Can't range. even defend himself. No, Ain't no. that something? Caesar, welcome to the show, man. Howdy, guys. Howdy. Howdy do you do? Here we go. First question. <laughs> what? Who is the head coach of the Golden State Warriors? Steve Kerr. There you Steve go. Steve Kerr. I don't know why Tony was good so way to break yourself, man. <laughs> Question number two. I think we <laughs> may have. I think he thought that was a zero point. <laughs> we did. may have asked this one. We may have. Well, but we're we going to go with it. With yeah. it. DJ Moore was traded to the Chicago Bears from what team? Oh, uh, I think you guys had asked this from. I think it was Panthers. Hey, All winner. Right. I'm okay with you getting that just because I feel like you would have known that anyway. Give it to him. Whatever Absolutely. makes yourself feel better sure. there, Scrape. 
Question number three. What Raiders QB holds the team record for passing yards? It's been on the list for like three weeks. <laughs> uh, passing yards uh, ever? In the Raiders team history. In the Raiders team history. I'm going to have to guess Plunkett. Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett. Stay there. It's a tough one. It's a tough one because back when he played, they didn't throw the ball that much. I don't know that Rich Gannon played long enough. To hold the record, I'm going to go with my first instinct, Ken Stabler. Hey! Wow! Nice win for you, Caesar. Derek Carr. Yeah, is yeah. the all-time yeah, leader. Yeah, it's the new. That's the passing world, right? Ken Stabler was ten you know, times the quarterback that Derek Carr was, but this they just how, didn't throw for that yardage. This, this is how good your um, your. Subject was on subject matter was on our fantabulous game show the other day. I was thinking Rich Gannon for a long time there, and then I caught myself on Super Bowl MVP quarterback. Yes, then yes. I caught myself because they got thumped by the the Bucks. by the Bucks, yeah, didn't they? They did. Yeah. I almost guessed Rich Gannon. I couldn't think of his name either, so that's why I never actually said it. That's why you never guessed <laughs> it. Was the Bucks quarterback in that game? Because I was going to guess him because they had Brad scorched Johnson. me. It was Brad Johnson, but he didn't win the MVP. No, no the MVP didn't. went to a safety, ah. Dexter Jackson, Dexter who returned Jackson. an interception. Okay. But they voted too soon because with less than a minute to go in the game, another Tampa Bay cornerback, and I don't remember his name offhand, Brought back a pick six, and that was his second of the game. And they couldn't change it? They didn't change it. They gave it to the guy who had one pick six. There was another guy that had two pick sixes. That's That's crazy. That's honestly a huge hit to that guy's pocketbook because NFL MVP on your resume or Super Bowl MVP on your resume will take you a long way. Yeah, certainly would have been another notch in the belt. Who chooses before the game's over? (laughs) I don't know. They did. Caesar, hang on the line. Scraby will get you uh, when we – no, actually, he'll get to you when we go to break. We will go to break now. We're going to christen away. Hi, welcome back. 4.22 is the time. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. Gwynn and Chris rolling along here. Spiro Didis was with us earlier. From CBS Sports, broke down the Aztecs' victory last night over Nevada. 71-59, to the Aztecs will play Boise State on Saturday in Boise, Idaho. Uh, the NFL playoffs, a divisional round is coming up this weekend. Thought it'd be fun, guys, to rank the eight quarterbacks that are left. So each did our own list of the eight quarterbacks. You want to start with number eight and work our way up? I think so. All right. I think we're all going to agree on number eight. Maybe. Hold on. Wait, Tony's not ready. What happened to your okay. microphone? I, I forgot I had a microphone. It was, so I was just kind of oh, like, I was like, you're, it's on yeah, enough. I, I forgot I had a microphone. All right. Um, so we're clear. C.J. Stroud, Lamar Jackson, Love, Purdy, Mayfield, Goff, Goff Mahomes, and Allen. Allen. All right. Those are the eight. Yes, they are. Rank them. I'll start. Since it was my idea. Number eight, Baker Mayfield. Indeed. Mm. The worst quarterback of the group. Everybody is in agreement? C. CBSSports.com for whatever. They took my idea. They did the same thing on their website. They also ranked Mayfield eighth. All right, let's move up to seventh. Uh, Scraby? 
Well, who do you have in the number seven spot? I would like spot? to show the camera my scratch outs because that is how hard this list was for it me. It is a little tough. It I, is. It I can go in a little few different directions. I originally have Jared Goff last, but his team is better. I have Jordan Love at the number seven position. Jordan and Love. The, even though I think the Packers can upset the 49ers, I think he's the guy who has most to prove among playing in the playoffs. Like CJ Stroud, we already saw him play well. He's got to go into San Francisco and win, so he's number seven for me. Jordan Love is your seventh best quarterback yeah. remaining. <clears throat> Tony, who's your seventh best? I'm going to go with Love, too. Um, really? I, I think for the same reasons. Not necessarily the same reason. One of them being that he is following Aaron Rodgers. And although he had a great performance, it did come against the Cowboys, who seemingly <laughs> re- repeatedly do this thing quite often. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna put him. I'm gonna put him as the seventh. Okay. My number seven is C.J. Stroud. Oh, whoa. wowzers! Wowzers well, is right. I mean, he was uh, phenomenal last week, but I think Jordan Love, with 22 touchdowns and one pick over the last nine games, has been consistently better than C.J. Stroud of late. Some good numbers right there. So I put Love <laughs> ahead of Stroud. Um, and um, I had to drop Stroud to seven because of the other guys on the list. It's this a good is list. not a, a, a an attempt to get Chris to change, but I will say Love was able to accumulate those stats while C.J. Stroud was hurt in the same oh. amount of time. Oh. Good point. But I'm going to stay with Love. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go Stroud seven. Uh, CBS Sports had Jared Goff seventh, which means they have the Goff-Mayfield matchup as the worst two quarterbacks left going head-to-head. <laughs> All right, number six. Tony, you're up here. It's number six best quarterback remaining. Yeah, that's a Stroud. You go Stroud here. Uh, only only okay. because I just can't, with good conscience, put him ahead of any of the remaining guys that okay. are left on the board. And that includes your boy, Purdy. So, uh, Purdy hasn't hasn't been named yet. No, he has not. So I, I'm gonna go um, Stroud six. Stroud six. Okay, I'm gonna go Jared Goff six. Oh, you know what? I'm changing my. I'm going Goff six. Oh, all right. Sorry. You can. I'm going Goff six too. Yeah. All three of us going keep, Goff six. I forgot Goff was still. These guys available. put Jordan Love sixth on CBS. All right, into the five spot we go. Yes. Scraby, who's the fifth best quarterback left in the playoffs? CJ Stroud. There it is. Yeah. CJ yeah. Stroud. Yeah, he's been he's been just he's been crazy that good, good this think. year. Okay. I do think he's going to run into uh he's going to run into some rookie moments in this game though. Okay. Uh, my fifth. Did you go with CJ Stroud also? I also went with CJ Stroud. Okay, my fifth best quarterback, not trying to draw a reaction is Brock Purdy. I just think the other four guys on my list are better than him. It's close in the 4-5 matchup. It's really close in my mind, but Purdy plays on a just a way better team than everybody. But so doesn't that help this him? Is a, yes, but this is a ranking of the quarterback. Not okay, I'm, taking, not, I'm not taking the bait. See, here I am trying to convince Chris, and he's convincing, you? convincing me. Hmm. All right, on to number four, Tony. I guess it's – I think I, I think know it's who me. it has to be it's me. Here. All right, no, no. You, well, no, you just went five. Oh, I did. You just did five. Duh. Tony goes four. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put uh, Purdy here. Purdy there. Uh, as much as I think you made a really compelling case because Purdy is playing with elite, elite 
players on his side. Think he's done more? Uh, I, I, no, I don't. I, I said you made a compelling argument. Okay, um, but his team is still that good. So for that reason, I'm, it's going to give him the nudge. All right, I'll put uh, Jordan Love for wow, just ahead of Purdy because of the twenty-two and one consistency over the last nine games. But did you hear about the games that C.J. Stroud didn't play? I did. <laughs> I know it doesn't matter for this. I, I would have ranked Purdy ahead of him, but Purdy's playoff performance last year was good, and then his second one was incomplete. I, yeah, think, I was going to say. Think, Jordan think, Love has also had one good playoff game. So I, I think part of my problem is I don't I don't believe Jordan yet. Right. You I believe just, Purdy. I believe Purdy. You're confident yeah. with him. All right. Uh, CBS had Purdy four and Stroud fifth. I chose sixth. Who'd you have fourth? Purdy? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. So, so your reason? You're putting your own guy. No, no, way no, no, too no, no. I have there. a very valid reason for Josh Allen, and the reason is is that Josh Allen is capable of losing games as much as he is as winning them, and he does get himself into turnover trouble sometimes. And I feel like he's going to be feeling the heat this weekend. So. I feel like any any person who's ever watched a football game. Would rank Josh Allen as a better quarterback I don't than like Brock his, Purdy. I don't like his turnovers that he makes. I mean, how do you like Purdy's in the Baltimore <laughs> game? Did you like those? One game, but Josh Allen's full of bad interceptions and bad fumbles and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, on to number three. And I'll go first. Josh Allen is there for me. Yeah. Number three. Scraby, uh, pray tell, are you putting Purdy ahead of the other guys? This is actual. I'm actually ranking these people to what I think they are, and I am going to go with Brock Purdy at number three. Bro, knock it off. Or number. Wait, what? Three. Yeah, on number three. three. Number three. three. Yes, Brock Purdy is number three because he does not turn over the ball and he is able to throw it five Boy. yards and IU can Debo can run for another. You can't 80. convince me that he doesn't turn over the ball because <laughs> you, know. you went bananas after that Baltimore game. It was one game. Three of those interceptions were tipped interceptions. How many I don't did even he throw in the three losses they had to Cleveland and the um He threw some Vikings. pretty bad interceptions, but for the most part he keeps he keeps the ball safe. All right. Well you can part. you'll be on an island there yeah. taking Purdy over Josh Allen. That's but that's crazy. okay. Uh, Tony, who do you have number yeah, three? It's, it's, it's Allen. Josh Allen. So we all have the same top two. Uh, Scrape, you go first. I'll let you go. Who's you got one and two? In what order? I got number one, Lamar Jackson. And then number two, I have Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, I'm not necessarily thinking he's he, he is the best quarterback right now, but his playoff experience speaks for itself. But so. you put him in two. Yeah, because of his playoff experience. <laughs> okay. It's, it's what my does that turn. mean? I don't know. How does that not... His playoff experience... I mean, he's... But one his of playoff the experience is good, so that's why you're <laughs> dropping him to two. Well, because I think Lamar Jackson had the better year out of the two, so that's why I'm saying Lamar Jackson is number one and Patrick Holmes is number two. Nonetheless. Um, I also don't have Patrick Holmes at number two. I have Patrick Holmes at one, Lamar at two. Until somebody knocks this man off, and they happen to be in the same conference, so it can happen. It might be a matchup. It, it, until someone knocks this man off or he doesn't get there, he is the, the top of the top until otherwise uh, given notice. But Lamar, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised at all if Lamar ends up 
winning the Super Bowl this year. Lamar's honestly. the. Uh, I agree with you, Tony, and it's not because I don't agree with you, Scrape. But Lamar Jackson's the MVP this year. But Patrick Mahomes has to be rated the top quarterback in the playoffs until further notice. Yeah. You guys can drink the Kool Aid. It's okay. Well. Look, nobody's going to be talking about our ranking. They're going to be talking about your hometown <laughs> ranking. Purdy ahead of Josh Allen. Stop it, please. Brock Purdy was an MVP candidate until that game against the Ravens. And, and you guys and don't what did he do in that he, game? He had three tips interceptions <laughs> and four <laughs> interceptions. <laughs> I've said it on the show before, and you guys have have agreed with me that tipped interceptions need to be a stat for a quarterback because that's more on the receiver most times than it is on the quarterback. That's hilarious. I just um, can't. You know, uh, I did say the Packers were going to beat the Cowboys last week, and you guys said I was crazy. So let's see. What yeah, but you didn't actually pick it. I did. <laughs> so I can't give you a whole lot of credit. You but get I, no credit. No, whole lot. You get nothing. You get nothing. I get all you the get credit. Zero. You didn't even. You didn't even have the. You know what to pick them. I love how the chat right now, Chance and Yvetter, just going at me. <laughs> like, <laughs> if Brock Purdy was on another team, he'd be that's, average. That's how ridiculous that is. It's not ridiculous that he's though. ahead of Josh Allen. And this was on a this was I would say not even on a good Josh Allen year. Are we talking about athletic ability? Or are talking we talking about, about who's going to win a game? No, we're talking about who's a better best, quarterback. Best quarterback. That's, was the, that was the category, not who's going to win a game. Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. If it was who's going to win a game, Brock Purdy might be number one because the 49ers are favored to win it all. But that's I not what the category is. That's just a ridiculous. You guys ridiculous. are going to gaslight me until the cows, cows come home. So you learned, you learned a new word today. No, huh? I gaslight. know what gaslight is. Stop it. I gaslight people all the time. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. What? <laughs> like when I tell you guys something, ha- or something happened when it didn't happen. All right. Speaking of things like that, the Big Five is coming up oh, next. Man. Mr. Scraby will have it for us when we return. 440. Big five headed your way. Before we get to it, let's check some traffic. It's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories will astound and amaze you. The one, the only. Oh my God, who the hell cares? The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan. All right. The Big Five. We're going to talk about a uh, college football player who is going into one of his his ninth year of eligibility. So I'll explain how that's happening. Josh Giddy of the Thunder. The police have released their report. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, number five. I did the calculations, guys. Pitchers and catchers report for the Padres in just 24 days. The Padres do not have a complete roster. They still need two outfielders. They still need some rotation help. So, Tony, are you getting worried yet? No. I'm not getting worried yet. They still uh, have some some spots that I'm sure they want to address, but I'm not worried at this point. Okay. Chris? I'm worried that you're going to get worried. Oh, I've been worried. <laughs> and that's going to weeks. And that's going to put stress on me. <laughs> no, I really can't believe AJ Preller is going to walk into spring training without a team. No, I believe that too. So he's he's going to have a team ready, but I mean, what kind of team can he cobble together in 24 days? He's got a pretty good team right now. 
He's just got to find some bodies to you know fill some of these spots. I mean, I mean, we don't know that Vasquez and Brito are not going to be a terrific four or five in the rotation. We don't know that they will or won't be, but uh, maybe they don't need another starting pitcher. At least not yet. The outfield thing they're definitely going to have to address. I mean, you can't play two outfielders. One in right center, one in left center, no matter how fast Fernando is. Or a Zokar. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, but he's... There has to be some some room made for some... Some guys that you're not thinking of that are already on the roster. I'm feeling like that's where they're going with this. They know something that we don't know. These guys are at least ready, or they think that they'll be able to fill in for a little bit. Well, they definitely know stuff that we don't know because they see these guys all the time. Yeah, yeah. But I I just, I don't know. Maybe I I should be worried, but I'm not. All right. Chris? I said I'm worried that you're going to be worried. That's it. I know. That's where I'm at. See if you have anything else. Number four. All right, Oklahoma City Thunder guard Josh Giddy won't face charges following allegations he had an inappropriate relationship with a minor, uh, Newport Beach police said. The department said it conducted a thorough and exhaustive examination into the claims, which the Athletics said emerged on social media and were unable to corroborate any criminal activity related to Mr. Giddy. The investigation is now closed, and the allegations against Giddy first surfaced in November. An anonymous social media user said a girl who was allegedly seen with the 21-year-old basketball player in videos and pictures was a high school junior at the time. The post has since been deleted, but if you can remember, he was absolutely crushed by everyone. His team, however... Did not make any changes to the lineup on when this news came out. And it looks like they were right to back their guy. So, if you were Giddy, Chris, Josh Giddy, would you take legal action against those who besmirched your character? I might be, uh, I might be thinking about it, but I think my ultimate answer to myself would be no. Let's just let this, let this go away. Why bring it up? Why continue the narrative? If you didn't do anything wrong, you've told I me get that you. before. I get you, but I'm 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 I got two choices, and yeah. I'm either gonna I'm either gonna continue the narrative, and I don't know that I'm gonna be able to convince anybody with a lawsuit. Maybe this is just speaking best for me as it is that I'm not being charged. I did nothing wrong, and uh, please let me move on. Convincing people by spending your own money to defend yourself about this a situation that you don't. I could see why somebody wouldn't want to go that route, because lawyers aren't aren't cheap. Yeah, you know, yeah. as they try to adjudicate the, yourself from this. It would situation. take as long as they possibly right. can to do it. Would it would be a media circus, too. And, and that that part too. Were, were you? Was it you that was like you should not be playing right now as these allegations? Uh, I thought no. Well, I I did say that. I'm trying to remember. Because I was saying, I can't remember. If I was, was saying that the the Thunder probably should have sat him down until they had some information, but uh, they didn't. So here's here's you know the other end of that, right? If they would have taken those steps, right, he would have missed games, sat out for what at this point looks to be nothing. And the other thing is, that good luck finding whoever the lawsuit is against, right? Because it didn't, I don't recall it being the actual young lady that was in the pictures. No, it was a, no, no. It was an anonymous I would think Twitter media user. that ran with it. Yeah. I, 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 this is probably in his best interest to keep it moving. 
Uh, Anthony says on the chat on YouTube, you can come and watch us, 97.3 The Fan. Just search that. I was watching the OKC game the other day. Giddy was booed every time he touched the ball. Right. And, and, but Giddy, this isn't going to change Giddy, it. Giddy isn't a, a guy like, you know, like a LeBron James where he's the villain when you walk. <laughs> Giddy's a great player. Yeah. Good player. Good yeah. young player. But he's being booed because of this mess that happened. And unfortunately, some people will not take this for face value and they will continue to boo him. Yeah, it, it, it's and this is why those allegations are so dangerous when they're not or when there doesn't seem to be anything to him. Yeah, because now that's going to ch- chase him for for a while. Yeah. Number three. With the NFL season winding down, the NFL draft talk is heating up, and we're going to hear lots of talk about one thing. Is Caleb Williams going to be selected number one overall by the Bears? Some experts think Williams is the hand-down number one pick. Are you reading the question? This this next part is my favorite part of your question. Others think he has maturity issues and may not be a true leader type in the NFL. Because he cried. No, no, it's not about that. That's why. No, I feel like Caleb Williams loves himself some Caleb Williams. This is all based off of Scraby's scouting. You immature. I mean, everybody no, who's an I'm athlete not. of that stature. Well, loves when your team is themselves. coming off of a field and saying we're a real team now, like USC did when Caleb Williams wasn't playing in the holiday bowl, tells me a little bit of something. I heard them say. I it. couldn't. Hear. I listened to the same video you listened to. I couldn't hear it. I heard it like it was clear as day. Of course you did. Uh, Tony, do you think Caleb Williams is hands down the number one pick in this year's draft? In this draft, yes. Okay. I don't think there's a better quarterback in this draft. Uh, that could surpass him. I know. Uh, was it Mays? Yeah, uh, Drake, North Carolina May. Mays. May, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh, he sounds like he's the second. Yeah, uh, pick. Yeah, my man uh, for the, for the Huskies. He's second rounder. Penix. Yeah, no kidding. I know. I don't see why that is. Uh, we got JJ McCarthy. He's going to be in that mid first round. Mid first round ahead of Penix. Uh, did, did anybody did they watch? see the game? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. JJ McCarthy's really good at handing the ball off and throwing five yard slants, but. I don't know. I, haven't I don't seen know why I just took a shot at J.J. McCarthy. Poor like J.J. This man just out here living his best life. <laughs> I know. Crushing I know. him. <laughs> I know. I felt some type of way about Michael Penix Jr., who looks more like an NFL quarterback to me than J.J. McCarthy. Either way, I think uh, Caleb Williams is the number one pick. Rob on the chat says the Bears shouldn't be allowed to pick quarterbacks. That's a very <laughs> they, good point. That, That's a very they good should point. just be banned from picking quarterbacks. Yes. <laughs> Chris, do you think Caleb Williams is hands down the number one pick in this year's draft? No. Because I don't think the Bears have 100% decided whether or not to move ah, on from J- Justin Fields. I see Fields. what you did there. That's that. That's, That's my good. answer. Yeah, I Sticking agree with to you. It. Because think... until they you know, are ready to get rid of him, they can't they'd do be it. pretty silly to draft this guy and then keep Justin Fields. Could you imagine the circus behind that? Right. Oh, Justin Having Fields both is, of those guys there? If they just, draft oh. him, Justin Fields is going somewhere else. Oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah, for sure. There's no way. I think you're right, though, Chris. I think they're going to keep Justin Fields. They he showed should. enough at the end of the year. They should, but... But he also showed enough at the the, end of last year. The the Bears, uh, getting a guy like Cliff Carsberry would be big for for Fields. Yeah. Number two. Miami Hurricanes tight end Cam McCormick confirmed today that he'd be returning to play for the Hurricanes in 2024. His ninth season of college football. 
McCormick, who began his career at Oregon in 2016, missed significant parts of four different seasons due to in with his redshirt year in the COVID year of 2020, allowed him to petition the NCAA for an unprecedented ninth season of eligibility. <laughs> it's great. He's 25, <laughs> and he's definitely not the oldest guy to play college sports because he had guys like Chris Winkie and uh, Bryn Whedon. Chris was up there. He was, I think, 29. I don't think BYU athletes even start playing till they're 25. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say here is, um, Chris, do you think it's strange for a 25-year-old to play against, in some cases, teenagers? I do, but I've been, you know, yelling about this and the BYU unfairness of it for how many years now? So, I'm not going to change it. Okay. If I can't beat him, join him. <laughs> what do you think, Let Tony? me play. I, it is weird, right? <clears throat> yeah. But Especially when do? you're in your ninth, ninth uh, year. I'll strange. say this. I, I don't know. It is definitely weird. But I don't know that there's a competitive advantage. Maybe in football. No, you're I, right. I know in baseball, you know, playing against BYU, there was nothing. You didn't I, think so? I, I didn't think there was anything. Boy, that they I did could when do. I was an 18 year old freshman, and some guy with yeah four grandchildren would come up to bat <laughs> against me. Yeah. I mean, every you know, you get in that box, and you know, I'm, I'm not thinking about this dude's age. I'm just thinking about how I'm gonna try to hit this baseball off his forehead. No, right? honestly, and I'm not trying to besmirch his name, but if Cam McCormick was good enough for the NFL, he would be playing in the NFL. So he's playing in college because he doesn't feel like he can play in the NFL, right? No, I think he's he could very well be playing college to pursue that NFL dream and try to put himself in better position but he, right. here's what here's what the NFL is much like baseball now it sounds like they don't want they don't want you to be old when you get there cuz the NFL probably ages you faster than every other sport out there uh, I'm sorry reading the check if someone thought your grandchildren joke was really funny Chris which it was <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, here we go to our final Number one. topic. Here's a new one. Portland Trailblazers center DeAndre Ayton had to miss the game last night, not because of injury, but because of ice. Apparently, there was a sheet of ice outside of his neighborhood on the streets and the roads, and he wasn't able to get on the road. Ayton tried for hours to combat the sheet of ice leading out of the, his neighborhood. The team also sent people out to him as well, but they were not able to help him, and he was stuck in his house. Friends are asking, though, this wasn't a freak storm. People knew about this for days. So, Tony, is this on Aiton or is this force majeure, as they say in our business? Meaning, not everyone's training. Yeah, not everyone is training for a gold medal. Some are training for silver medals. Force majeure means an act of God kept him away from the game. Yeah. I'm a, I, I, listen, I don't know all the details in terms of. How far DeAndre Ayton lives away from the yard or from the from the arena. But I gotta believe there are other ways to get your guy there outside of a car. Right? I mean, this is this is the Portland Trailblazers. These dudes got Buy him a sled. There's there's there's, there's <laughs> snowmobiles. There's all kinds of ways. I'll lend him lucky and he can get him to the, the arena as a husky. I, I'm just saying. He was the only one that missed due to... It wasn't like there was like three or four players that got snowed in their house and couldn't make it to the arena. Everybody else made it. They did. And, uh, you know, I, you, you've heard these type of rumors about Aiton in the past not really wanting to... I think he's actually played video games before instead of, like, going to work, and they had to talk yeah, to him about I, that. I, I, my antennas are raised on this one. You think he just took the night off? I don't necessarily you think, think he took the night off. I don't, don't you? think he did his made his best effort to get to the arena. Okay, Chris, 
What do you think? Is this on Aiton or is it Force Majeure? It's not Force Majeure. 60 years ago, they had what was known as the Blizzard Bowl between the Eagles and the Chicago Cardinals, the NFL championship game. Steve Van Buren scored the only touchdown of the game to win it for the Eagles 7-0. It's a famous story that Steve Van Buren was snowed into his home that morning in Philadelphia, found his way to public transportation, found his way to the stadium, like apparently five minutes before the game. He Mm -hmm. he almost slept through the game because he knew there was no way they were going to play it. But they did play it, (laughs) and he got there. DeAndre Aiden doesn't care. That's my thing on him. I mean, come on. Everybody else got there as Tony pointed out. Everybody else got got there. there. Do you think, how much do you think, when he walks in the locker room next time he sees all of his teammates, do you think he gets a cold reception or do you no, think they make they, fun of him? Here's the thing. It's it's one of those things that you can move on from, but it's certainly in the back of everybody's head moving forward. Like, they, oh, I he's bet it was sick. Already, is he I, sick? I, I don't think they're surprised because this they, is the that attitude may be, the guy has already that may be displayed. The case. That may be the case, too. What team is he even on now? Portland. Blazers. Oh, that's right. Portland. That's, yes, the, Portland. that's the story. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's it for the Big Five. Thank you, everyone. Or, I don't know why I just said thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. You're welcome. I, I thank meant to you. say You're thank welcome. you, Tony. Thank you, Chris, for that Big Five. And when we get back, we have a little bit of a recap going on. Josh Hader and Blake Snell. We're almost traded at the trade deadline. Tony will turn off his phone when we get back <laughs> on 97.3 The Fifth. <laughs> Welcome into the happy hour, everybody. 5.01 is the time. It's Chris Sello. It's Tony Gwynn Jr. It is Matt Scraby. And if you like this program, we appreciate that. And there's more of it. After the show is over. That's right. The brand new Scraby experience. Gets underway at six o'clock. Wait, 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 what was your new the new one you came up with? My new name, the Scraby Chronicles. Scraby Chronicles. Do you know that that was the original name of Seinfeld? The original name was the Seinfeld Chronicles. That would have worked. No, that, it wouldn't. that's what it was called. It, that would have worked. You could have called it. that show probably whatever you wanted to. It would have. Think it would have been funny. People would it have was still funny. watched. Uh, Scraby takes over his very own show. It just started a couple of weeks ago. He talks about all kinds of subjects. What'd you hit on yesterday? I talked about Iron Eagle. No, 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 no. no the little uh, the little vacuum thing that cleans your house. Oh, yes. And spies on the you. The only place in San Diego you will find on Sports Talk, conspiracy Roomba talk. Do you, yeah, you, well, you that's, already know. That's, well, most of us who do Sports Talk try to talk about sports. This is why it should be called the Scraby Chronicles. Because you do crazy stuff. It came like up that. out of nowhere in the conversation. How, with, how did that come up? Uh, well, because <laughs> like I was sport were you talking no, because about I was railing against up. Amazon for for taking over the world and because they're going to be bailing out Diamond Sports, and so I think it's ridiculous that they're able to continue to grow even though it's a complete monopoly. But that's besides the and point. And that led you to uh, because Roomba Amazon conspiracies. <laughs> because I said Amazon one day is going to make you pay with your soul, and so they already are getting the outline the uh, the layout of your houses because they have they bought Roomba. And I, I, I believe it's Ruba, but they have a vacuum that is theirs. And it's like an automated vacuum. And it's tracking where it goes in the house. And it's sending Amazon your, your blueprint to your house so that when they need to take this over, is, this they is can. A, this, is the, this is the theory. In, in yeah, yes. oh, yeah, this, yeah. None of this is factual. <laughs> Absolutely none of it is factual. I don't trust Amazon 
for one second. I believe that they so are you get no taking blueprints delivered to your house. No, but other people get like millions of them, and I'm like, "Will you please stop using it?" That's not true. I ordered Amazon <laughs> exactly, last weekend. Exactly. So be quiet. I must say that too. every time I need something, it's the first place I go. I, I can't. I'm sorry about that, but I do. We're don't we a, are apologize. part of the problem. We are part of the problem. And you're you're pointing at yourself. Rob they got said, a good. They got a good company and a good product. Mailman. They no, feel a need. No. Rob on the chat says Amazon equals Skynet. And that is correct. The fictitious thing in Terminator that takes over oh, the world. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Also, I had this. Sounds like you and Rob ought to reconvene about an hour from right now when the Scraby Chronicles <laughs> actually start. Uh, so fast. my daily gripe last night was. <laughs> oh, he just, just forges, you this, you he just this, forges right on. <laughs> you do yeah. this every Notice day. Notice that? Yeah. The daily yeah. gripe? Oh, I got plenty. Yeah. I got what plenty. was your daily gripe last night? I feel like this one was a good one, but. Last night, or uh, over the weekend, I got a text, and it infuriated me because this person is always doing this, but all they sent was, hey. And I didn't see it for like two hours. I'm like, what do you want? So like, you just said, hey. And this, this, this fires you up because you don't like the one word. Because greeting. when you're texting someone and you have a question or you need something, just go with it in the original text. You don't want to have the small talk? Over text? No, I definitely don't. And I the can, other thing that really gets me that. going is uh, when someone says, just sends, I have a question. <laughs> Ask me the question. <laughs> they need like, for you to go, what's your question? <laughs> thank you, Tony. It's like it's, I, can, it's, I can get on board with that you. one. So that's a I can get on board right with that there. one. Chris, yeah. does that bother you? Check your phone. Oh, God. <laughs> did he? He just, I'll show it to the camera. He just said, uh, oh, it's trying to change because it's like what? It says, hey, thank you, Chris. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Uh, Josh Hader looks like he's on the target or on the in, in the bullseye of the Houston Astros currently. They seem to be the leader at the moment, according to reports. Former Padre closer could be headed to Houston. But Scraby brought this up earlier, something I don't think many of us knew. Apparently, Josh Hader... Could have been an Astro as early as last year's trade deadline. Yeah. The Astros owner <laughs> admitted that the Astros were interested in trading for a Padre starter and reliever. The owner wouldn't say who, but most of us, I mean, I don't think he was trying to trade for Tim Hill. <laughs> so it was probably Blake Snell and probably Josh Hader. Yeah. But apparently the Padres never really put them on the uh the, the, the tough on the uh, market so that didn't happen but now the Astros say they're interested in Hater at this moment. The tough so. part for AJ at that time cuz remember deadline is what the 1st of August, right? Right, it, we didn't know whether the Padres they, were going to compete they, it, or not. Right, they weren't far enough out of it to be like, "Okay, let's punt." Yeah. But they 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 were close enough to to that they could go on a run and that's what everybody kind of hoped would happen. So, makes sense that uh, Hater and Blake didn't move, but I will say this is the first team that has made a lot of sense to me. The Astros, Astros. they yeah. have Ryan Presley, but they lost two or three of their setups. Lost Naris. Naris went on somewhere in free agency, and uh, Kendall Graveman, Graveman who was yeah. one to be one of their eighth inning guys, got hurt. Apparently, he's out for the season, season. already. So the Astros could be looking for something here. Yeah, uh, might pay off Stinec, for Hater Stinec. Is out Ryan Stenek and then Phil Maton all all will leave to be via free free agency. And Josh Hader though is asking for a contract that is greater than that of Edwin Diaz, 
They can the abs- Mets closer who never got to pitch last year because of his post-game celebration in the World Baseball Classic. I, I think the Astros can absorb it. They, they unlike, they're loaded from an offensive standpoint. The they Astros? still got Altuve. Still a good team. They yeah. still got Bregman. They still got uh, Tucker. You know, they they got they still got uh, uh, Alvarez. I mean, they got the offense. They got the starters. They were one game away last year. Right. They lost game six and game seven at home yeah. to Texas. I, I, or they would have been right back in the World Series. I think Hayden makes some sense there. Okay. Well, we'll see. Blake Snell, not hearing a whole lot no. other than Yankees, and he turned them down, and that's it. I mean, you really? start looking at the, the – I mean, Seattle – his hometown, that, that's got to be a fit. But I, they don't have the money he wants. I'm more and more yeah. inclined to believe that Blake is going to have to settle for less than he has earned. So if He, he has settles, earned a contract around Yamamoto, but I don't see it happening. Yeah. If he, so if, if he settles, where are you settling at? You might as well what go does home. that settle that's look right. like? You might as well go home. You know what go I'm, to it, Seattle. Is it a one-year settle, or is it a... I'm going to take less on a big deal. Like, Maybe he's waiting to see where his best buddy, Zach Levine, is going to get traded and then try to go there. <laughs> he could. He could. Now, if he has a one-year deal and he pitches really well. I, here's the thing. I don't know how much better your season right. can go. Yeah. I don't think he should do that because he's not going to beat a Cy Young season. No, no. All I mean, he can like, do is equal it. Right. Like, I, What could happen better? And so you, you might be right, Chris. I mean, or... One of these teams blinks. There's always that possibility. Right. Now I don't know if they blink in the so in him. the. I don't think they blink in the value of three hundred, or maybe even two hundred. I mean, that's what he. Seemed. What would his price have to come down to for the Padres to all of a sudden be interested again? Is there anything? I don't know. No, probably not. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. That's going to happen. I don't know. We can dream. It would be nice to have that arm back. I'd love to have rotation. Blake back. Yeah, that I mean, would be he's, nice. just, he's like the best guy. I mean, he's just funny. When he's <laughs> he's a, almost he's, unintentionally he's, funny. He's, he's just a, funny. His personality is just comical. He's hilarious, and when he's throwing the ball like he did last year, it's actually it's really fun to watch. Yeah, love to watch that guy. Yeah, although he drove me crazy at times because was, he walks so many guys. Yes, that drive me crazy. Wait. But after a while, I started to realize that it it's not going to matter. <laughs> exactly. But usually exactly. it matters. Usually if you walk that many guys, somebody finally sticks one in the gap and you give up three runs. But never happened to him. Credible. Apparently uh, Adam Duvall between two teams right now. Red Sox and Angels. Adam Duvall is about old. Did you guys see? Uh, I, I, we didn't talk about this Monday, but did you guys see the Giants brought back uh, Dusty Baker? I did. Yeah, hired him as a, a special assistant to the front office. Bob Melvin will appreciate the input. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he will. Bob, he you actually know? will probably appreciate that input. Bob yep. Melvin's smart enough to get input from guys who know stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they also finished their deal with Jordan Hicks, so that's official now. I guess it wasn't official until today or something. Thank you. You're welcome. Can we go back to iRobots or the, um, no, the Roomba? Because no. Okay. Why? Why? Uh, because my theory is actually more than a theory. It is a major news story on the internet back in August of 2022 because everybody's saying the same thing. Amazon bought 
Roomba so they can map millions of homes around the United States. First of all, everyone's not saying it because 99% of the population doesn't even know about it. Wired has an article out about it. Bloomberg does. Vice does. Wow, that's Um, everyone. You're right. The Verge does. It's everyone. BuzzFeed does. Gizmodo does. Those are lots of big time websites. Same websites that reported on Iron Eagle's argument with Mike Fratello. I don't think Wired reported that, but they might have. What, Tony? You were about to say? No, 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 go, 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 go. I got nothing. Okay. All right, I'll stop my Roomba thing, but when a Roomba attacks you guys, don't you come running to me. me. Don't you come running to me. Well, well, first of all, I have to own one. What does that look like, a Roomba attacking you? Just like rolling on your foot? Yeah. (laughs) Over and over again. Have you ever been hit by a Roomba? It doesn't feel great. I have. It it, it doesn't feel great. You don't feel much. It hit me in the ankle one time, and I was like, oh, please. Oh. How many people out there before we started talking about this knew what a Roomba Roomba was? Oh, a lot of people. I knew what it was only because I've seen one before. The actual company. I name thought it was a dance. Is iRobot? <laughs> but do you know? Do you know who? Uh, the Roomba. The Roomba maker. <laughs> that is a good one, Chris, because it does sound like a dance. Um, the Roomba maker started as a robot maker for the United States military, and then decided is they're going to make. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So then they decided I'm still to make... do my own research they... on this. You won't, but <laughs> <laughs> you they started well. making consumer products twenty years ago, and now Amazon finds a way to get into. Your your house even more so how do you live and like the this? next time you need an item know. you'll go to amazon and order it <laughs> in just like the rest big of us facts probably not who's going to the hall of fame next tuesday we will all find out the 2024 baseball hall of fame vote is upon us who will join the likes of tony gwynn and the rest We can discuss that and other things when we come back after a check of traffic. Hall of Fame is, uh, or I should say nominees, inductees, will be coming here shortly. Who gets in? Seen some uh, Gary Sheffield, seen some Todd Helton. You you seem pretty big uh, on Sheffield. I am. Gaining steam of late. I I think he's, he's deserving of getting in. Hope you're right. Uh, you got Gary Scrape? Oh, your camera, Chris. He was over here looking like he was bringing a plane in. Again. It's nearly <laughs> It's amazing because we've got Montgomery Field right over here. And planes fly overhead all day long, landing. It's amazing none of them have caught wind of one of Scrape's signals. Um, tried to pull into the studio. No, I, I think people just finally saw how incredibly hard it is to get Chris's attention when he's sitting three <laughs> feet from you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you, you, you had something on, on the, uh, the Hall of Fame in particular, didn't you? No. Oh, not really. I, I really meant to promote the 30-mile zone. Which I believe Scraby had put together for today. Yes. Ah. Yes, and yes, I erroneously yes. uh, went Hall of Fame. Went Hall of Fame on you. So. Sorry, right. we have time to talk about the game, but we got a couple stories we could talk about here in the 30 mile zone. Is the 30 mile zone got an open yet? No, it's coming. Yet. It's coming. It's coming. Coming. It's coming. Um, all right, let's start with uh, something that I completely forgot to do on our show yesterday, and I'm really mad at myself because. Uh, whoops, I hit, hit the couldn't hear it. Sorry. I'm sure you've all seen this video by now, but Todd Bowles, the 
head coach mm. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was fielding questions from reporters, and then an unfortunate question was asked. And Todd Bowles, I will say this, he handled it like a professional. Here it is. I'm looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures it's going to drop to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those comforted temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I don't. Bad. Um, no, nothing planned. We're we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for twenty seconds, getting off the bus, going under the thing. So we'll be okay. <laughs> He's a sweetheart for answering that question. Is. I yes. got to believe that the poor lady who asked it had to. Her, her she heart was crawling sank in her so skin. fast. Oh, yeah, it had absolutely. to. Absolutely. As soon as he answered, yeah, it's uh, but he, well, he handled he it with so much care we're in a dome, right? But his eyes are hilarious because he goes, because he's like, I don't know what to say, like, I don't know. Yeah. But hey, I made this joke last night in the Scravy Show. He answered the question better than you guys answer some of the Big Five questions. Hey, hey, so, yeah, well, that's that's true. The questions you ask are similar I to that. I figured one. that was coming. I figured that was Ran coming. right into that. One. Chris, what's the most? Have you ever told your most embarrassing moment? Because last night I told mine with the Mike McCoy thing. But have you ever had like? Have you ever told your most embarrassing question moment or media moment? I don't know what it is. The only thing that comes to mind is I asked Larry Boa once when he was manager of the Padres why he attempted to steal a pitcher, Mark Davis, a relief pitcher at that, and put him in a hit and run. And uh, the batter swung and missed, and Mark Davis stole the base anyway. And I asked Larry Bowie, I said, boy, it was your night. Everything was going your way. And he lit into me. Oh, oh that, that, you can't say that to Larry. Larry said, well, what do you mean? You think I, I ran him because I thought he was just going to get thrown out? I mean, that was not the strategy. But anyway, he turned it all around. He I, apologized I, later. Actually. I could see Larry. Larry being got quite furious with the question. With he didn't like. Question. He didn't like the fact that I was calling him out on starting a relief pitcher in a hit and run. <laughs> but he did apologize later. Oh, actually, that's nice of him. He, he saw me. Yeah. I saw him in the hallway. But he undressed me for a few minutes. My other most embarrassing moment was not me alone. It was just standing there. For 20 minutes in the Dodger office of Tommy Lasorda, oh, yeah, yeah. waiting oh. for him to answer any question or for somebody to even ask him one after the Dodgers had lost a particular ball game. They I mean, scared. that was, was 20 of the, Those were Everyone was scared. And I mean, <laughs> terrified. There was guys like Plaschke in there. There was national reporters. There was L.A. Times beat writers who'd been around the Dodgers for years. No one had the guts to ask him a single question. It's the most uncomfortable 20 minutes of my life. <laughs> He's just dominating you guys in there, not saying a word. <laughs> he didn't say a word, and no one asked him So anything. wait, you guys just stayed in there and just looked at each other for 20 minutes? Tony, I kid you not. It was, it was 20 <laughs> minutes of stare down. Lasorda sat behind his desk. Wait, he's and looking there at was, you guys? And you yes, guys and there was 15 of us standing in his office, maybe 20. That and is, no one asked a single question. That is strange. For, for those who And are, it was a Saturday afternoon in July. I mean, they lost, but it wasn't like a playoff game or anything. For those who, who may be trying to visualize this, back at that time, you you went into the the... You know, you know. Now you see like these big walls with the with the right. team stuff. They do that in an area. 
you have to go into their office, right. which is a little into small Into the manager's area. office, right? And Everybody the, kind of crams their way in there. And then somebody goes, you guys ready? And then somebody fires off a question. Somebody throws so a question So you guys are just out. standing sure. there looking at, at Tommy. He's looking at you guys. He's looking at us, daring us to ask one. I wasn't going to do it because I was a fill-in writer for the Pasadena Star News. That's I certainly crazy. wasn't going to open up the festivities. That's crazy. But no one asked him a question for the longest time. And it was it was like so nerve-wracking, So man. for 20 minutes, no one asked a question and y'all just walked out? I think, no, somebody finally... You know, piped in with a you know, like the most hesitant question you've ever heard, <laughs> and then he growled at them, and then Answered a it. few more questions came in, and he growled at those, and everybody left. Lasorda was wow. tough, man. That is tough. That is tough. tough. All right. Nice. Last night, LeBron James was being questioned by the questioned. He was being asked questions by the media, and he was multitasking because his son Bronny was playing for USC on TV. Here's a little bit of that audio of what LeBron was doing during that. Rhythm for that song, um, is good. Pull it. Sorry. Pull it. Shoot. Oh, That's the fucking ball, man. How was How's Bronny working in that game? All right, so there you go. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. He was answering a question there and he inserting. Was. He said, sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, certain thing. That he, was he did. Uh, so I, I've i been hearing this a lot lately, but LeBron wants to hold out until he can play one season with Bronny. Listen, if the man is averaging over 25 like this, for he could, if he's playing anywhere in close to this, he's got a legitimate chance to play with his son. Why should he not stay, keep playing? He's one of the best players in the league at this point, is he not, Scrape? He is. Oh yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I, I wasn't saying. And he why shouldn't do he it. dream of playing with his son? I didn't say any of this. Oh, all little, right. Little Bronny was a uh, eleven six and five yesterday, but he did have five turnovers. Can he? Ooh. And they've got the freedom in the. Uh, I, I can't remember all the rules now. Could he declare for the NBA after this year? Yes, you have to have one year of college or one year outside of high school. All right, so he could declare. Is he? He's not that good. Though, I don't is think he? he will. I don't think not he will. Not good enough yet, is he? I, I, think, I think LeBron has kind of made that, insinuated that Bronny's on his own destination. Like, he's not in any rush to get anywhere. He, he wants to get better. All right. So we'll good see. for him. Good for him. All right. Not sports related, but this was uh, something that happened on a flight in India. It was, a, I think, it was Spice Airlines, a low budget airline, is what it was referenced as in the um, uh, article I read. But a man went into the bathroom, couldn't get out of the bathroom for hours. What do you mean couldn't get Wait out? Wait a minute, hours? The, the, the door was jammed. Oh, my God. And he could not get out of the bathroom for a couple hours. The flight was relatively short, but he was stuck in it the entire time, and they they couldn't get in, and so they passed a note under the door to tell him what was going on, and here's what the note said. Sir, we tried our best to open the door. However, we could not open. Do not panic. We are landing in oh a few minutes. Oh, my God. I so please close the... I, I, I think she's talking. This is the the. Please toilet. put your seatbelt on. <laughs> no, so please close the lid and sit on it and secure yourself. As soon as the main door is open, engineers will come. Do not panic. Oh my god! Too- I, I'd have been in there, full panic mode. 
I mean, you're going to get out of there. Nah, you know how small that area is? It's kind of... It is small, but it would be kind of nice just not to be around everybody. No, there's nothing nice about being stuck in that bathroom. Now, for, for hours. Have you been caught in an elevator once uh, at all in your life? In Tony this Gwynn building? Oh, oh, yeah, yes. And you I, have. I'm not you a, didn't do well. I'm not a fan. I got to knock something. I've never been caught in an that's elevator. My, it sure seems like it should happen at some point, fear. but it hasn't. It's one of my fears. To me. I, maybe it happened to you here? In this building, before they got the new like key card system, you would have to do something. You have to hit in a code just to get the elevator to work. But if you entered the wrong code too many times. It would lock you in there? It locked the elevator and turned off the power in the elevator. And oh I'm not joking. God. So I did this, and I was in the, <laughs> the dark <laughs> for like 20 seconds. And I, I had that panic ra- oh. rising me like, I'm stuck here. No one is here. It was after like a Padres game. So it was like 11 p.m. or something. That's a, that's a, that's a nightmare. It I, is a nightmare. I, if I get stuck in the elevator, I just, I, I just hope that I can see out. Outside, like how many certain, can you see out? Certain, oh, like an outdoor elevator. There's certain elevators uh, that, that we travel to. The more. odds of that seem to be pretty minimal. It, I do. must say, they do. <laughs> they that do. would freak me out even more. Because being stuck in a metal cabin, I don't even know. It just that would oh, it's making me the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. It's right better now. than being stuck in a flying coffin, which you are yes. stuck in many. I times. don't like that yes. either. Yes, my final story. Jason Kelsey. Oh, we got to tell why Kels Kelsey as well. I teased that earlier. Uh, Jason Kelsey of the Philadelphia Eagles, he actually did something really cool. He went through his local McDonald's drive-thru, and one of the employees there, that is a, uh, she was he, waiting for him. Waiting for him, and he gave her a jersey with uh, his autograph on it. So he went through the drive-thru just for that. They got a cool little picture. And uh, what do you think he, he ordered? Filet of fish. Big it was Mac. the morning. Oh, oh. He ordered. A uh, sausage, That's sausage a McMuffin with egg. I know, but it'd be funny if he ordered a Baconator. Two hash browns. You are actually close, Tony. I mean, you're basically spot on. Two sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffins. Same thing. With a coffee. So, Oh, no no so, hash browns. Staying away from the carbs. Yeah, well, he's probably retiring, so he's got to watch <laughs> his figure Kelsey now. is an NFL offensive lineman. You're telling me two sausage sandwiches? I'm telling you, he's got to watch his figure now. Because he's got to He actually appetite? said that he is not officially retired. He did say that, but he, I'll, I mean, I'll let him retire himself. But, you should. Uh, Tony, why could their name actually be Kels instead of well, Kelsey? That's what, that's what Papa Kels said. The, they, they, the father. Their name is actually Kels, but their father, as he said, go buy whatever you want to go buy. <laughs> that's what I, I love. He said, that's what I did. That's which I love, because <laughs> when you have a weird name and no one knows how to pronounce it, just let him call him. Call Seems to be a little late to change that. It does. They've got a lot of good good, good mojo with the I Kelsey. I remember Tony Dorsett came into the NFL as Tony Dorsett. Mm. But he changed it right away. So there was no... Joe Theismann's original name was Thiesman. He changed it to Theismann because it rhymed with Heisman, and he thought he was going to win that award when he was at Notre Dame. <laughs> it's a very jock thing to do. <laughs> but, Didn't work out for him. Uh, who else had it? I think, remember when Tyrod Taylor? It's actually Tarod Taylor. Right. I remember when you tried to make oh, it Devonta. Gosh. I knew you were going to bring that Devonta up. Smith. I still have heard people say Devonta. <laughs> you have not heard anybody Marcus say McNeil. Next Devonta. time we have him on, you should ask him, because Marcus was the one who said, in the South they say Devonta. So, well, he hasn't and, he hasn't said that he wants a Devonta yet at all. You're right. Bijan Robinson is not Bijan Robinson. It's Bijan. It's Bijan. Yeah. But he said he didn't care. His mom really cares, though. Oh, well, help, anyway. help mama.
There you go. All right, let's get to break. When we come back, if you missed it, Spiro Ditas joined us. Great interview. You have a chance to hear it next on Gwen and Chris. That's another one. My goodness. Tony's dad went to a big-time high school, bigger than mine even. Long Beach Poly. Long Beach Poly. We were just looking up Snoop Dogg uh, for some reason on Internet. Because he... He was offered, I'll just say it, uh, Tony brought up this story in the break that Snoop Dogg was offered uh, money by OnlyFans to put up um, content, and he said no. Content. <laughs> what kind of content? Uh, nude content. Adult content. I do not need to see Why anything. does he go to Snoop Dogg for these kinds of things? <laughs> they go to Snoop Dogg for everything. They do. They it just, it doesn't, doesn't have to be those kinds of things. How is he? He ought to really be write the book. You need a corona? On how to be. Snoop Dogg's got you. Right. He ought to write the, the book on how to be. Important in any walk of life. Any walk. Because there is nothing. He is accepted in every circle. It's incredible how cool you are if you can include Snoop Dogg (laughs) in that particular. Greatest. Item. He is amazing. What, what you guys know better than me? Did he start out as just any old rapper? Did he jump on the scene? Did he have a couple of big yeah, hits? He, what made he, him Snoop Dogg? Because now I know what he is, but he, I didn't know how he got there. He jumped on the scene uh, with Deep Cover, which was a, a a movie that he would did a soundtrack on, and his voice was just so unique. Okay, that people were were enamored, and then he I think it was nothing but a G thing after that. He he was he was he his largely came to stardom before he even had a, an album album out. Yeah, and then when his album came out, it was all she wrote. You got to watch Straight Out of Compton, Chris. It tells you all about the. Snoop I saw Dogg. that movie, but it I don't recall you the whole. Story. Briefly it tells, you a, tells you a little tiny bit about. Something. I just remember Snoop Dogg. I'm feeling like he was just a lazy pothead, and that's all I could think of. But man, that changed quickly. He's definitely not and lazy. Just, right? No, but you know, I mean, that's he might well, that be a was, pothead. That, you know, back in the day when you know when when you're talking about pot in the '90s and '80s, that was kind of the. You know, the, Those the assumption, yeah. right? Like, yeah, you're just a lazy dude who just smokes pot all day. But yeah. certainly not lazy. But, but your dad shares nothing with your life. Your dad shares Long Beach Poly alumni. There's a lot of them with Carl Weathers, the uh, boxer and Rocky, who and also San went to Diego San Diego State, State alumni. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Jackson. I mean, on and on. Chase Hutley, Mercedes Lewis. Milton Bradley. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Billy Jean King. And at the top of the Long Beach Poly list, Craig Elston. Did he go to Long Beach Poly? Also a jackrabbit. Yes, he did. That's what they are. That's what they are. All it's right, like, Scraby Chronicles are coming up at the top of the hour before we get to that traffic in today's interview with Spiro Ditas, one that I enjoyed doing quite a lot. Hey, Chris. Thanks, guys. Hey, Tony. Hey, you know what? That's that's very sweet of you to say. Luckily, I had a couple of buffers in between me, so I can't I can't say I replaced Chick. But um, tip of the cap to Paul Sunderland and, you know, some of the guys that were ahead of me. But, man, I've said it many times. Best six years of my life in terms of of my career. Incredible. And uh, just just great, great memories. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the kind words. Oh, man. I mean, you you did a great job. I mean, under almost impossible circumstances because chick hearn tony and i'll say and i think you're probably right there with us that he's maybe the greatest broadcaster of all time in any sport so yeah yeah i mean he's on a short list like chick and ben, <laughs> ben yeah. I, I, I don't list. even i don't I, to be honest i don't know who else you could put on the list you know just like the the flair and the theatrics of their call because there's been like great great announcers but i don't know there was just like a 
there was just something different about them, you know? I mean, they created the vocabulary, the sport, yeah. but yeah. The, the melody of their voice, it was just, it was just different. It really was. Yeah. I, how did you just, I mean, I don't got off a little on a tangent here, but how did you broadcast Laker basketball without feeling like you wanted to repeat some of the phrases that Chick Hearn made famous? Cause I do some women's college basketball for San Diego state and, I mean, every now and again, I want to say that one of the players is yo-yoing up and down or, you know, doing one of Chick's phrases, and I have to kind of stop myself because that belongs to him. Yeah, you know, I, I knew I, I, I talked to a ton of people who were here in L.A., and I think I got really good advice, and they all said, listen, like, don't don't try to do Chick. Like, don't, don't be that guy who comes in and steals his, his, his phrases and his calls. So I think early on my, my approach was just, just be me. You know, just just call the games the way I've I've come up listening and 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 develop my style and and that's all I really tried to do to be honest with you. And the best the best part of the six years for me, aside from just you know calling games and meeting Kobe and and being on a plane with these guys and getting to know them and calling NBA Finals, the best part for me was like finally getting the acceptance from mm. the fan base because in the beginning I remember like the first year. You know, this was like pre-Twitter, so I'd go on the message boards and like, you know, what are they saying about me? And I, I'm getting shredded. Like, who is this guy? Who, I, I couldn't even pronounce my name. Like, where did they find this kid? He's the worst. He's terrible. So I'm just like, I mean, I was, it was pretty devastating because, you know, you're the young guy and you want to be accepted. So like after, towards the end of that first year, I think that started to turn. And then, and then Laker fans by the end, I mean, it was, it was pretty emotional leaving. Yeah. Um, but I felt like the connection had been made and that was, that was really, really cool. Yeah, you're pretty Pretty bold man, Sparrow, getting on the message board at that time. No kidding, I, 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 oh, dude, it was it was not it was not good for my ego. I, 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 I want to ask. Let's fast forward to to now. I mean, you you were at the pit last week uh, watching our Aztecs uh, take one on the chin at, at New Mexico. The pit just seems like a difficult place to play. What is it about that place that seems to make teams you know uncomfortable in that in that arena? Well, the way the way it's configured, obviously, it's it's built down uh, pretty pretty deep. You know, you you literally walk down a tunnel. I mean, there's there's yeah. there's really no place like it. Um, it's it's not uh, it's not very wheelchair accessible. I noticed too, and all the restrooms when you got want to go from the court at halftime, you got to like literally walk up a tunnel, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. But it's the the seat configuration is really intense. I mean, the the first row of seats are like butted right up against the court. And so that when that place is juiced up and sold out like it was last weekend, you know, it's pretty intimidating for, for a road team. There's a reason why their home record has, has consistently been good, even during seasons where they haven't really been at their best. Um, that's number one. Number two is the altitude. And I know, you know, teams like San Diego State have been in this conference. They've, they've played, you know, they played multiple games at Colorado. They, they, they're used to these kinds of environments. But when you mix the intensity of the atmosphere and the altitude that you have to fight through physically, I think those two combinations make it really, really challenging to play. And and Brian, you know, when we met with him the day before the game, Brian Dutcher, he, he knew what they were up against. You know, no matter how much you prepare psychologically, it's just a tough place to win. So I think when you can steal one there, it's 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 an accomplishment for your team. 
Spiro Didis, great broadcasters, our guest here on uh, Gwen and Chris. Spiro, uh, what did you think of the Aztecs? I mean, I know they lost this particular game, but you watch college basketball around the country. You did the tournament. We know they were in the final two last year. What do you think of this team? What do you think of this conference? Because I think it's still getting badly overlooked by the na- you know the national media to a certain extent. I think very similar on both questions. I think the team has a potential to have another deep run through March. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think they're going to win the national championship, but I think the potential is there. And the same thing with this conference. And and look, if I'm one of these teams in this conference, I, I let them overlook us. You know, yeah. let them continue to 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 have us as an afterthought. Um, you know, it's it's. I, I think this this conference has proven now that it's legit. And and it's not just a one or two bid situation anymore. I mean, last year, what, there were four teams in? I think it could easily be four, maybe even five teams in with the way things are shaping up. I think New Mexico is now starting to come around as they start to build, to, to build their tournament resume. Um, this game this weekend is going to be huge. I mean, San Diego State, I love their makeup. A little bit different in terms of some of the new blood that they have. But, you know, I, I think now to have success in March, guys, and, and this is interesting with college basketball. Five, ten years ago, it was the one and dones. You know, it was the Kentuckys. It was these teams that have the, the blue chip freshmen that come in and change the makeup of your team and, and help you to, to make a deep run. Now you want to have those veteran guys. You know, you want to have those fourth and fifth year seniors. And, you know, now, my God, it's like sixth and seventh year seniors on some of these teams. And I think San Diego State has that box checked. The one interesting thing that Dutch told us last weekend was, how quickly can I incorporate the new pieces mm. to a point where we can have, a, a, you know, the kind of march that we're hoping to have? You know, kids like Reese Waters, who are uber talented, you know, but can they continue to perform at this level um, when, when the games get for real towards the end of February and, and obviously into March? You know, that's that's a big question mark. But Ladie's incredible. You know, you've got your star to build around. And I just really like the makeup and the structure of the team and, and, you know, the way that they defend and all the things that they've done under under Dutch since you've taken over. Spiro Ditas joins us here on Gwen and Chris. And, and Spiro, you mentioned Dutch and the job he's done programming. Uh, I would venture to say, and most of us out here would venture to say, they're starting to put themselves on the same type of level as a Gonzaga, not in one of these major conferences, but certainly a team you have to deal with. Is that starting to resonate outside of of here in San Diego? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're I think they're just about there, to be honest with you guys. And and the other thing they've got going for them is is geography. I mean, who doesn't want to go to San Diego and, and hmm. spend four or five years uh, as a as a college athlete? Yeah. The challenge that they're going to have, and the challenge that even a Gonzaga still has, is just the NIL. You know, as mm-hmm. this as this thing continues to evolve. You know, can you get the type of players that you need to consistently get? But the other interesting thing that Dutch told us, and, and he said this was something that he figured out, and and even Mark Few has told us this, like all of these schools, um, you know, everyone wants to go for the top guy, you know, the A1 type player, the blue chip player. But I think these coaching staffs have realized that, you know, if we go to the, the next rung of player, sometimes it's it's better for the long-term growth of a team. Uh, because as Dutcher told us last weekend, it's, you know, sometimes y- you think you have something on paper and then, you know, sometimes with the, the A1 type players, it, it doesn't gel as quickly enough. And, and I don't know, they're, they're recruiting. It's just the, the way that they've put the puzzle together every year 
it seems to work. And I know the, the transfer portal is crazy, and sometimes it's just like, you know, every man for himself, and you just grab who you can grab. But I think there's been real thought, at least with, with, with Brian and Mark Few and some of these teams, is how do these pieces fit? And, and I think you're seeing that in the results. And, and now I think over this next month and two months is when Brian and his staff really try to figure out and tinker with the rotations and, you know, how is this going to look, you know, with the money on the table as, as we get close to, to March Madness. Spiro Didis, our guest, how much of a favorite day of the year is, is, is it for you when it's your NCAA tournament day and you're doing four games in one day? Or is that crazy preparation-wise and almost – I mean, to me, I would just feel like I'm in heaven. But it's got to be tough as well. I mean, you guys all do an amazing job when you get that assignment. Oh, thanks, man. You know what? There's nothing like it. There, there's, I would say March Madness, the NBA playoffs were awesome, and then, um, you know, and NFL playoffs. are th- Those three things. But but the tournament's the tournament, all right? I mean, it's – that first day, that first full day of the tournament, there's there's nothing quite like it. You know, certainly not for us doing this in our in our business. We get the assignment the evening of Selection Sunday. You know, so we all watch the show at home, like like all you guys. And then eight o'clock, nine o'clock Eastern time, we get the call from CBS. You know, this is your this is your bracket, this is your site. And then immediately, I tell my wife like I'm, I'm locking the door in the office <laughs> in the house. Like, just put a pot of coffee on and you just start cranking. You know, you just start grinding. Yeah, I, I will say the first couple of years, I mean, it was so overwhelming with the prep. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't turn my brain off at night. So, I'd like from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or excuse me, from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of like that week leading up to the tournament, I almost had to like, I don't know if I should say this on the air, I had to take like a sleeping pill to be able to sleep at night because I couldn't <laughs> turn my brain off. But luckily now I've gotten to the point where, you know, you learn how to prep. I mean, that was like almost just a learning experience in and of itself for me, talking to guys like Ian Eagle and Brian Anderson, like guys who've been my mentors in the business. So I've gotten to a point now where like I'm mentally and psychologically just in a better place. And then so now I can enjoy it a little bit more, whereas before it was just so, so nerve wracking. You're almost relieved to get through it. Now it's like I could actually enjoy the experience. And waking up on Thursday or Friday morning, that first full day is like I've said it many times, it's like Christmas morning. That's what it feels like. Sparrow, one last one for me, and it's on the NFL side. We've got some decent matchups this week, but I think the one that everybody's going to be tuned into is the what is it, the third iteration of this Chiefs-Bills uh, uh, matchup between Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Do you think Josh Allen finally gets over the hump and, and, and beats Patrick this week? Man, you know, it's it, this is you feel like this is kind of like a do or die moment for them, yeah. you know, and, and who would have thought that they would be in this position to have a home playoff game against Mahomes and this Kansas City team based on on the way that their season was was pointing, you know, with about a quarter of the regular season left. But here we are. I mean, it's just it's been one of those wild seasons. I will say this is probably their best chance. Yeah. You know, the way things have have panned out the way things have, have laid out now on paper to get this home game in the divisional round. Now, you know, you're, you're one one away from a potential Super Bowl if you can get past this weekend. And then you look at the other side, you got Tampa Bay, uh, Detroit on the one side, obviously green Bay and uh, excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong bracket, but you know, aside from Baltimore, you know, this is, this is a winnable side on the AFC, I think for Buffalo, yeah. you know, Houston obviously is beatable. Um, They've proven, you know, that at times they can play with the Baltimore. But just in terms of, like, the ghosts 
for Josh Allen and Kansas City, I, I think this is it. You know, this is like one of those moments where you know in the career of a quarterback, you know, when he's all done, this this is one of the moments that we'll be talking about. You know, did he get over the hump or did he continue uh, to fail in the big moment, you know, in, in the pressure moments? And so this weekend, this game is, is as much about Josh Allen as, as anyone else on that field. Mahomes is who he is. You know, his legacy is yeah. secure. Um, this is one that Josh Allen has to go in, and then we'll see what happens. Speaking of guys who came up big in big moments, Spiro Ditas did that when he uh... – jumped onto those Laker broadcasts, now doing a great job for CBS. Uh, great having you on. Thank you, Spiro. I uh, really enjoyed it. Thank yes, I did really enjoy it. Indeed. I enjoyed the show today as well. I think we've come to the end of it. Tony so Wynn Jr., well done. Tomorrow, our NFL picks at long last for the playoffs. Although I think you can guess who Scravey's going to pick in that Packer bang-bang game. Speaking of Scraby, he's coming up next with the Scraby Chronicles. Another hour of entertainment for you. Roomba talk. More talk. Roomba more talk. Roomba no, talk. No, back no more to back Roomba, Roomba days. Yeah. No, no more Roomba talk. Wow. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear his daily gripe. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock on 97.3 The Fan. He's out.